You're listening to Oh Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi and Lilith Arvani. is here with us. I am indeed. Yes, you are. Thank you for being here. You are more than welcome. And also we have Jer- Joey Kurtzman is back for another round. Do you want to say hello into the microphone, Joey? Hello. <coughs> hello. It's wonderful to be back. <laughs> <laughs> and that man chuckling in the background is our favorite Japanese man <laughs> of the hour, Yoshi. It's great to be here. Thank Thanks for doing this, Matt. I, I, I know you're very busy, so we uh, really appreciate it. It's kind of you to pretend I'm that busy. Thank you. Let's <laughs> <laughs> play out my busyness here. I was waiting at home. I was staring at my phone, hoping that someone would text for the thing to do. <laughs> well, we recognize that you have a stand-up career, and uh, it goes places. It, it takes you actually out of the country sometimes. It does take me out of the country. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Um, I was out of the country just last weekend. Were you? But only in Canada. Oh, okay. That's barely out of the country. You know Yoshi's banned from Canada. <coughs> Are you banned from Canada? Ten years, yeah. What well, did you What did you do to get that ban? Um, <laughs> How can you do that? No one can upset the Canadians. They're too nice. <laughs> I was opening for Russell Peters, I think, seven, eight years ago. And um, I, I used to work at the adult business. I used to work for a bunch of um, godless pornographer, And um, I had a bag full of porn, which is not a illegal. Right. But it was the same day when... Um, Michael Jackson got uh, arrested for the second time for molestation. So, you know, it's it's about four or five hour flight up to um, Canada. So I wrote a bunch of funny child porn titles to Michael Jackson like. So anyway, make the story short. Right. I got pulled out of lineup because I'm not, you know, I look suspicious, I guess. They went through my back. They find porn. And the first page they opened my joke notebook was... You know, titles of child porn. So they just kind of make the connection to thinking I'm a child <laughs> porn. Serious? Yeah, I'm very serious. Okay, hell. <laughs> just ask Canada. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm in this room with three or four other custom guys. So you're like, no, 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 no. I trade in adult porn, but I joke about child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stuff, the child porn. Not by the. Just as a side note, I'm pretty sure child porn doesn't do joke titles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. As as Can a rational relay that to them next time you're there. As a rational person and a comedian, and you know, obviously you're a s- very self-aware. Yes, yeah. that sounds that's obvious. I'm sure no one was doing like, uh, not binary dinosaur XXX. Yeah, a porn <laughs> parody. <laughs> so I, I put things like kindergarten cock, right? Uh, <laughs> Four year virgin, you know, uh. six candles. And she, she, you know, I thought it was funny, and I was laughing, but it's funny. They didn't find funny at all. They were ready to take me to you know, see a judge. Yeah, that's less funny. And, and, <laughs> and um, so we, we were in that room, three or four other custom guys, and we went to each one of those DVDs. And, like, it's really uncomfortable because you, you don't want to joke around with them. But there were a rose, obviously. You know, there's, there's the people fucking. There's no kids in it. But it was really I – I literally had to sit there and watch them watch porn for three hours before they confirmed – there's no kids in there. Do they at least just? Do they at least fast forward through the non-sex scenes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so does I, child porn do that? Do you reckon? 
Do you reckon child porn has like a kind of junior, like a three-year-old plumber come to fix the boiler? <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. That's pretty I, funny. I, 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 I didn't. Yeah. Think. What well, does I mean, child I porn look like? Have you seen child porn before? Yeah. Well, technically, Godfather One is a child porn because uh, the the girl that uh, Apollonia that you know Al Pacino's character fall in love with. Mm-hmm. She's 16 or barely 17. So technically, seeing uh, a nude... Minor. Minor. But um, they passed this law, I think, mid-70s. From mid-70s on, it's illegal. But anything before that, it's I right. think it's legal. But technically, that's a child porn. Right. Side note as well, by the way, the phrase child porn... like This happens all the time when people are arguing against either porn or against the sex industry in general, against prostitution. Like The child version gets lumped in with it as if it's just another as if it's just like a subcategory as if it's a subgenre rather than completely yeah. different work. Yeah. Like no one no one talks about no one compares like child labor to working in a factory as if they're just like yeah this right, is the right. kid version of working yeah. in a factory. Yeah. No, one of them is slavery and one of them is <laughs> is just a reasonable job for someone to have but but it's perfectly okay for people in the same breath to go porn child porn. Uh, you know it's, uh, yeah, I mean, have you is is child porn? Two things I want to know about snuff films and child porn. Child porn, are, is it is it prevalent? I mean, is it is it legi- does it really? Sorry, by the way, I never thought having Matt on the show we were going to talk about child porn. But I'll, 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 <laughs> have you seen my face? <laughs> oh wow, yeah, yeah. that's true. You have the genetic makeup every woman. Are you related to Michael J. Fox? Because <laughs> g- genetically, like that guy still looks really young. How, how yeah, old? Genetically, you? the child face is not the thing about Michael J. Fox that I need to worry. About. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. What's how old are you? I'm 32. All right, Jesus. All right, all right, yeah. All right. Rock and roll. He could do child porn though, can't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. For people who want fake child porn, I, you really are 32. I really am 32. That, but that's a good problem. It is. That's what I'm saying. Every woman would die to have that problem, right? You get, there's something really working for you, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you, but it's different for guys. Uh, for a woman wants to look uh, ten years younger. Okay, yeah. For, it, yeah. I mean, it's not the same for us. Wait. So. Wait. Do you have issues with? I mean, have you encountered any kind of problem with uh, not, looking younger than you? Not are? really so much anymore. Like when I was when I was younger. Yeah. Like when I was in my when I was in my early twenties and I looked teenage. Like young teen, like yeah, mm. then that was a problem, and and I think still people don't necessarily take us seriously in certain, particularly in certain business things. I uh, I think I'm sure that there were meetings when I was in my twenties, which I went into, where if someone who looked my age would just be taken like, oh, this guy means business, and instead they're like, ah, oh, let's maybe chuck the kid a couple of morsels, but we'll sort of right. ride over him. But mm. I think yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's some of that. Uh, but on the balance things, I'm okay with it. Yeah. The way you talk would, would counterbalance a lot of that. You have a, a, a more formidable way of talking. I'm, I'm just English. And most of those... <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not one of those Americans who thinks uh, the English accent makes you smarter. I, I generally have nothing positive to Does say about, about the English. Does make you smarter? It makes you sound smarter. <laughs> yeah, it makes you sound smarter. No, nothing positive to say about the English. But no, you have a, you have a good... Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, you're but, um, but yeah, so how, when, when, when are you allowed back into Canada? When does that run out? I think. Were you convicted of anything, or were they? Was it just like a sort of? Oh, so 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 it's it's kind of like when you get pulled over by a police officer, and um, they're kind of trying to be nice, so they're trying to give you a ticket for something lesser. Yeah. So because there's no, there's no crime that they could have convicted you. Like you're not committing any crime by possessing legal pornography and writing some things in a notebook. Mm-hmm. No, um, but they, they eventually got me for op- opening for Russell Peters without a proper work visa. Ah, uh, okay. I'd rather get that than being accused of child pornographer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so at least the thing that went on your on your record is violation of 
work work permit. Yeah. But this porn company that I used to work for, you know, it's a is that why they hired you? No. <laughs> <laughs> like we can use someone like you. They make some hardcore stuff. So, you know, some of the DVDs have my name attached as producer for uh, that those particular DVDs. Mm -hmm. So years later when I check, I am listed as there's like less listing of all that illegal products to Canada and there's a bunch of um porn titles and like I, I, my name was there. there. Yeah. What's, what's the company you used to work for? Evil Angel. Okay. Um so, Matt used to date a, a porn star. Did she work for Evil Angel? I have no idea whether she well, did. What's like her name? Uh, her name was because we'll no, 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 no. Stage name, stage name. Uh, no, but her stage name was uh, Holly Stevens. She passed away last year. What a minute! I recognize that name. I, you probably would, like either through mutual friends, or you might want to met her or hung out with her. You know, she knew everyone. Like, she, like well, how did she die? Uh, breast cancer. Like, she had this crazily aggressive form of breast cancer that, in the space of a year, went from oh, I just discovered a lump to gone wait is it because she had a plastic surgery no nope, no no plastic surgery no oh, no. Um, no like she hadn't had any plastic surgery so that can't have been the cause uh mm. i don't know like we're not really sure what it was it was just did she die when you were dating her or no 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 we um we were still friends but i dated her like four years ago three four years i ago. see uh how long did you date her on and off for a year mm -hmm. i think uh yeah give or take yeah because i met her um when I was when I just come over to the U.S. Yeah, how'd you meet her? Uh, she um, she used to live in Kansas City. She was friends with a whole lot of comics from Kansas, uh, well, Kansas City, Missouri, mm -hmm. Kansas, you know, on the border. But uh, she was friends with a whole lot of Kansas City comics. She used to hang out at the club. I think she might have even briefly bartended there, or just she lived with someone who, with a comic uh, back in that city. Uh, she dated the guy that I now stay with when I'm in L.A. Uh, and they stayed friends once they split up mm. and she used to crash at his when she came to LA to shoot she lived in San Francisco yeah so and then I started living there like um, my friend Emery who's the guy took me in when I got kicked out of the last comic standing and so like we were staying in the hotel and like right you're not on the show anymore uh, good luck <laughs> <laughs> and so um, and Emery said well do you want to crash on mine for a bit and that became several years but <laughs> But about a week or so after uh, I was staying there, he said, yeah, my, uh, yeah, this girl's coming to stay for a few days. Oh, by the way, she does porn. And so we were just staying in the same house for a while. Well, what, Did Emery ever date The girl her? who died was, was a girl who was in the porn industry? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what was she like, I mean, as a person? She was kind of cool. She's a, she was flighty as a person, but kind of like impossible to pin down to anything. Yeah. But... No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but pretty together like really together and sort of she was one of those sort of people who can get into anywhere because just everyone liked her like she was she was that kind of person of like not because she was re really sweet but because she sort of get away with shit mm. she was that kind of person like you were still close all the way up in, until the time that she died we had a falling out around the t when, around the time we sort of stopped seeing each other oh no uh and then reconnected about a year later, and then we're friends up until she died. Mm. So, are you? You think you will ever completely recover? Completely recover? Yeah. He doesn't have cancer. <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> contagious. But 
No, it was it was really it was really shitty. But like I was saying just before to, to leak just off air, like a like a lot of people were closer to her than I was at the point that she died. Like a lot of people are hit much harder. You know, she just got together with a guy who she married just before she died. Uh, you keep like, doing that each time you talk about something difficult for you. You keep t- saying, "Well, other people have it worse," but that doesn't have anything to do with your experience. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, it, it, yeah, it was it was an absolute gut punch. Mm-hmm. Well, partly. What was partly a gut punch was how quickly it happened. Not only how quickly it happened from diagnosis to death, but she's the kind of person who didn't take things seriously and always deflected anyway. Yeah. So when she said she'd been diagnosed with cancer and the way she sort of told me about it, I was yeah. like, oh, fuck that. Sh-. The, way she, the way she explained it to me, I got the impression, oh, this is shit. She's going to have a miserable six months while she goes through this treatment. Yeah. She might have to have a mastectomy and then have to have... Uh, reconstruction, sur- reconstructive surgery, and and she'll be ill for a while, and she won't be able to work. Yeah. Uh, and and then in a year's Something time, would just be painstaking. And a year's time, she'll have a shitty story and a few scars. Like that was ha- that was what I felt about it. And then six months in, I was like, oh, this is the it seems to have spread. This isn't good, and she doesn't have uh, and her hair's much shorter than it used to be. Mm. And then it, did she it, go through chemo? Did she get treatment? Oh yeah, she had like everything. Wait, she so um, this was breast cancer. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah, it was breast cancer. Did she have like a radical mastectomy or? or? Yeah, she had the mastectomy. Uh, but by the time she had the mastectomy, it had already spread to, it spread to the other breast. It spread to her bone. Oh, uh, like and and then it it was only about it was it was only about three months before she died that I found out like all of where it had spread to. And then wow. I, and then I finally sort of Googled, hey, what does it mean when breast <laughs> cancer is spread to these three places? Yeah, yeah. And Google said, dead, dead, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's and you new- went to go see her? Yeah, I got to see her. Uh, I got to see her. Um, uh, actually, only like twice in the six months before. I saw her. Um, I saw her at exactly this time last year mm. because, and I can February. date it exactly because because tonight is the Tranny Awards, and last year. Well, that we a, almost went to. to we, 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 were, we were planning to go, but um, love, why do you know that? I love that. No, but I just love that. That's how you did. How you you mark time. That's, I know that that's because, your calendar. Because Lani Awards. Because yeah. she used to, that time of year. Yeah, she sometimes did. Uh, she sometimes did scenes with trans performers. So I think not th- that year. She wasn't up for a. Uh, the previous year, she was up yeah. for best non-trans performer. Uh, and she went. Did la- she ever win? No, no. She was just nominated, <laughs> but she went. She went last year. So last year. Uh, that her and her then boyfriend, eventually husband, and myself and my then girlfriend went to just party at the Tranny Awards. So we it, were there. It's, it's just amazing because I worked in that business for 14 years. And, you know, um, she actually, I do recognize her. She did a couple of the movies in um, Hellcats 4. I remember doing that movie. She was in that. Uh, good performer for Joy Severa. And Joy Severa is one of the biggest director performer in the business for a long time. 40 right. And um, I think in 97, he brought, he did a transsexual movie called Rogue Adventures. And it was, a sh- it was a shock to me because here's this mainstream pornographer doing transsexual movies, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's, it's amazing, just like we have black president now. People's attitude changed about transsexual because back then it was such a big taboo. Everybody think if you have a scene with a tra- transsexual automatic aids you know mm-hmm. well, I'm already thinking even it's like until fairly recently and I think it is still apparently a bit of a taboo if uh, if performers do interracial scenes like they're like I got the impression that even like certain white women in porn wouldn't do interracial scenes not because they wouldn't have sex with black guys in general but 
on camera. It's I think it's marketing because when you have a big star, um, I don't know what it is. They they're getting downgraded if they do a black guy. Eventually right, they will do black guys, but when the market's hot, they just don't do it. Because right, which is that's crazy. what he's saying. It's not even the racist. It's that they want to protect the integrity yeah, of their careers. Yeah, but that's but that's. But that's crazy. The but fact that's that racism that, in the industry. Yeah, that's not. They, yeah. they might not individually be racist, but that's mm. them saying, "Oh, if I'm if I'm seen on camera having sex with a black guy as opposed to a white guy, my fee goes to, like my status goes down." That's yeah. fucked. That's why it's fucked that they're in that situation. I don't have any problem with the women who who just do what they have to do to operate in that situation. Mm. But it's yeah, it's like you say, it's institutional racism within the porn industry. Yeah, and and I I think um, you know they make big news like oh. Alexis Texas first anal you know it's a, it's a new it's a big news you know in porn right. and world like I can understand like I can understand slowly filtering in like certain activities like yeah like, and I, I know that's the thing they do when you know when new women come onto the scene like they're like oh, I'm, I'll only do girl girl and then they're like the first guy scene yeah. and then and then like first anal scene whatever so there's a you know um so I can understand Double that penetration. But, yeah but then but then first first guy who is also a human being but has different colored skin this is personal question I think it's personal did you did you cry when she passed away oh yeah absolutely well actually you know what um I, I, I only ask because I've been to England a lot it just seems like I, I don't know maybe this is a bad example but when Princess Diana passed away and one of the criticisms they had for royal family like not proper amount of yeah. That, uh, oh, that was ridiculous. That was an uh, that was emotion. A, that emotion. Was Mass both, hysteria. Both when Diana died and mm-hmm. when the Queen Mother died a few years later, like this ludicrous outpouring of public uh, pity and just public upset of just, uh, but grief. Then, like for people who've never fucking met the woman, who've yeah, seen yeah. a few pictures, it's, you might as well be upset when madness. Yeah, when Princess Leia died. Like, just, well, no, but I think she was so symbolic. And people were so attracted to that and related to that. But that it was she- a nonsense, you know. Like that was symbolic of what? Symbolic of a symbolic a, of I, a, I, an incredibly I, rich I, woman I, who's become rich. I think I think women cried, and I kind of I think this is a reason. I could be wrong, but I think I think women think like if she didn't have a perfect love life, what's what's yeah. it's impossible but, for but me. No, I, 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 the princess. But yeah, not only that the queen the queen was criticized for not being upset. Not being sufficiently upset at the death of her former daughter-in-law, but isn't that like the woman who she not being upset at the at the death of the woman who divorced her son? Yeah, like it, it, it Okay, admittedly, still the mother of your grandchild, your grandchildren. Absolutely, but, but like, I don't know, like if if I got if I got married to someone mm-hmm. and then we divorced and then she died, I would expect my mum to be shocked, but I wouldn't expect her to show public upset like probably you know if we were still close then maybe mm-hmm. zero sympathy but it's um but it's i don't know it, it, it was an absurd it, it was it was a very want... it was a very poor reflection upon the 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 british and particularly english people in general but do you feel like tell me was part of that not just that 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 english people have generally no opportunity to to wave the flag and get all patriotic and it's not like here um, and that this was like an explosion of, of. I think people were people are always waiting for a moment to get yeah to show. I mean, people do like that thing. Same as major sporting events. Uh, they have soccer and 
uh, the death of, of, of yeah, Rosie. and people went batshit recently at the wedding of, of the William and Kate wedding and everything. And people, people obviously, people I think inherently mm-hmm. have a desire to do that to, for pageantry and for for mass for celebration and ma- yeah. yeah, a mass commiseration. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. It, it it just seems like this is maybe a stereotype British people, but they're very stoic about. Um, isn't that the stereotype of British I people? Think, I think that yeah, to an extent, I think that is the stereotype, and I think I think Brits are. There's far more subtext to British emotions. Like that, you're not. Americans are far more willing to openly say how they feel. Yeah. Whereas Brits are more inclined to allude to it. Mm-hmm. I don't find them stuck. I think that was probably true of the generation that survived World War Two. Yeah. Uh, uh, as far as I could tell, in the years that I lived there, um, no, they're 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 a bunch of. Uh, you're right. They're they they have no sense of what their own emotions are, but th- they go around acting them out anyway. Yeah, but um, I but, could I, I, and I could relate to English because I think a lot of Japanese. In general, I, uh, like England, and because they're both island nation, and I think they, well, at least my experience in Japan, they do have a lot of um, respect for English people, and they could relate to English right. people. Well, Jap- I think Japan is far more so has real, mm-hmm. like real reservation, real and a real feeling of. Um, I think there's a formality to how yes. you're allowed to show your emotions. Yes, and there's far more rules as to when it is acceptable and when it isn't to show certain feelings. I think I, I, I don't know if that uh, I don't know if this is true in England, but to most Japanese, when you show public display of uh, uh, um, sadness, whatever, they, they, I think I think that some a lot of Japanese feel like I'm making my misery um, burden on everyone else. So we we try not to cry, but when right. non-Japanese see that, they think, oh, they're just cold-hearted people. It's not at all. Mm-hmm. They do suffer, but. It's not an easy place to show those kinds of um, right, emotions. and I, I think for the royal family, like the, the queen, would mm-hmm. certainly be of the generation where she went she, through Nazi for God's sake. Yeah, and yeah. if she were genuinely, like, even if she if she were genuinely upset, and I don't know whether she was or wasn't, but if mm-hmm. she were genuinely upset, she wouldn't do it on camera because that's yes. not she doesn't she doesn't show she doesn't show pleasurable emotions on camera either. You yeah. never see the queen cheering. You never as equally as much as you don't see her crying. You know, you but, don't. You, and that should be something that I think is is more private, and you do mm-hmm. within your family. It's like your family is already out yeah. there, and what it was is a spectacle. So, at least let them grieve in private, yeah. and not in the public. Yeah, eye, what it was so. was the tabloids trying to stir up a shitstorm. Yeah. is right. what it basically was. Yeah. But it's a very uh, that her way of behaving was a very understandable way, given the experiences of her generation of dealing dealing with grief. If she if she yeah. was experiencing well, and internalizing it, it. Inter- and internalizing it maybe. I, but I, I, but for this generation, yeah. these guys, when you're there, you get. You know, uh, every night you're at the pub, you get hammered drunk, you stagger down the sidewalk, vomiting all over the place and getting in fights. I do do that every night. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is accepted <laughs> yeah. behavior and, and normal behavior in England. Can you imagine that in Tokyo? No way. No. So that's how they do, they, they, they don't know how to express their emotions, but they do it in, in I agree. ways. A- as a young woman during World War II, she You showed, would not. No, no, you would not. <laughs> and she showed resolve with Churchill, you know, because, I mean... Really, the force of darkness spreading throughout World War II, and, and thank God they fought the side that my people are <laughs> allies with, <laughs> with the Germans, Japanese. But anyway, um, but but yeah, uh, I think I think there is a like it. Um, in answer to your question, when she actually died, I think yeah, I did cry a bit, but I more. I'm not gonna lie to you. I got teary, and I, I don't need more why. Yeah, I I but I'd more come to terms with it. The point that I really, the point that I, it broke me was about two weeks two weeks before she died like i i happened to man i managed your girlfriend your ex-girlfriend you're speaking of now yeah yeah i'm sorry yeah rather than diana uh yeah diana Diana, i didn't shed a tear about it so it was just like it was just oh there's a woman that i've never met and never have anything in common with Mm -hmm. who has died like it was it it was 
it was shitty for the people who knew her, yeah. but um, but I, I felt no more sadness about that than I would about any of the thousands of people who die every hour in yeah. the world. Yes. Like it, um, it was just another. It was yeah. another person that I never met, right. that I was familiar with. It was more of a oh fuck, that's a big story. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it was. I remember. I remember it happening. Kind of sucked out. Yeah, yeah. I, rem- I remember. Yeah, I was. Uh, I sat out with my friend, uh, my friend Richard, who was like my oldest friend. We were. He was going to, like, we were school kids. I was 17, and he was going to stay over at my house. The And we were just going to go, we were going to go out to lunch the next morning. And we were just watching TV. Oh, no, actually, no, he wasn't even staying at my house. I think I was, um, I think I was at home. He was at his, and we were messaging online or something. But um, uh, I remember sort of still being up at one in the morning and just seeing this news bulletin come through of she's been in a crash. And then it happened, in, I don't remember if you remember, but the story trickled through in stages. Yeah. Like it was like she's been in this crash, and then it's like it's serious, and then it's like no, it's it's more than serious. She's gone. Um, so I remember it being a big a big news story, but again, no bigger news story yeah. than any other huge story. Like whenever any big news story comes through, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What the yeah when Holly died, or Tia, I can, doesn't matter whether you, Tia's her real name. Yeah, <laughs> there's shit all point hiding that now because it's part yeah, of yeah. anyway, and and she's gone. But uh, but yeah, when when Tia uh when Tia died, the thing that I managed to sort it out so that uh, I had a couple of gigs in San Francisco, uh, like in the Bay Area. Yeah. And so I managed to go out um, two weeks beforehand. She, they had a kind of hasty wedding with yeah. her and Eric. And it was then that I went to the house that they'd moved into. She came she came home from the hospital. Yeah. Basically, like came home to die. Yeah. Uh, and I hadn't been to that house before. And it was in that house. And it was like a part. It was the it was the weirdest situation was like part wedding part wake almost like she was still yeah. alive but she was so sick and so in and out of consciousness and there was her and um like some some people i hadn't met a few people that i had met but just all close friends and that was that like seeing her suddenly for the first time the previous time i'd seen her the previous time i seen her had been at, the, at in february at the tranny awards this was and like we'd messaged back and forwards but this was uh i think late may or early june i'm trying to time yeah. it uh, but she was just, you know, she was half the size she was previously. Jesus she was Christ. Just, yeah, she was just lying there in bed, like in and out of consciousness, bed, like not really recognizing anyone. Uh, and then she'd wake up and be be lucid again. And then she'd go back to not being lucid. Um, but it was th- it was seeing her then and seeing stuff like stuff of hers around the house mm. that I recognized. Like, you know, like the, I, there was a weird like felt painting thing that, we that she'd bought when i was with her in chicago yeah and then there was um she had this makeup box that was this it was like this big toolbox like a, almost it was like the size of a toolbox uh that traveled with her everywhere that was covered in uh offensive stickers <laughs> that she'd collected over the years <laughs> but it was like it was seeing that in the corner of the room just going kind of that was always like you know when she was staying when she came and stayed with us in la or when she or when i was like when I went out to visit her in San Francisco, when she came to see me where and I was on the road somewhere, like that was always there and took up half the bathroom. So that like, it was seeing stuff like that. It was like, oh fuck, that's all, that's all like Tia's personality all around the place. Yeah. But it's, but it's there more than it is in her body right now. That was when it, that was when I properly lost it. I, had, I, did I, you I, love her? Had you loved her? I don't, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Like there was a point when, like when we were full, like when we were fully like as passionate together. Yeah. Uh, and then we drifted apart and, uh, yeah, there was a shitty time where, um, like 
she was she was a bad communicator well she was like and yeah. we, we and we were always we were always open like uh, yeah. you know there were, we, she was always dating other people i was always dating other people but um which i i've always said kind of oh, kind of goes with the territory if she's doing porn but then mm. i have subsequently met people who have weird rules like no yeah, kissing yeah or like have rule have rules like yeah i'll fuck people for porn and i'll fuck that's my but, job but that's yeah. my job but yeah. i won't but, but i'll only date my boyfriend or whatever yeah, I, yeah. I, but i've i that's not something that we had and not something that i understood or not something that i'd even want um but but what she did was she'd sort of fall she fell for someone else mm-hmm. uh Mm. But which again, fine, utterly fine. Yeah. Did you experience but, heartbreak over that, or were you no, no, no? What I experienced was, uh, was she fucked me over. Mm. Like we arranged to meet up, and she just rather than saying this isn't going to happen anymore, she buried her head in the sand and just went radio silence. Mm-hmm. You guys were going to meet in. We were going to meet in Chicago. Oh. Uh, Where was she at the time? She was San Francisco, but mm. she's got friends in Chicago as well, and I had um. The situation was I was going to go to Montreal. Yeah. I was in London for a while and I was going to fly to Montreal for the festival. But instead, uh, instead I kind of worked it out. So I'd fly to Chicago for a few days. We'd hang out for like a long weekend. Yeah. And then I'd go to Montreal from there. And she, she never showed up. And she never showed Like I found out like it was one of those ones where she went radio silent for two weeks when I was trying to work yeah. out details. And then like three days before the flight suddenly got like a message. Like I think it was even like a text message. Because I tried to like email, I tried to message, and I was like, something's fucking weird here. Uh, and then it was just like a message saying, I'm sorry, I'll be able to make it. I'll explain later. Oh. And it was one of those ones. I was like, and, and again, it was just her being like, she's just one of the people she hated confrontation. She avoided yeah. confrontation. So she decided she'd made some other plan with this new boy that she had all kind of new relationship excitement about and mm. then just fucking disappeared. So we fell out for a long time. I've like, I didn't talk to her a year. Did you feel betrayed? She, I felt fucked over. I don't know, yeah. like betrayed. I don't like, but I felt no betrayal. Seems like a, is a stronger emotion that. But it was just um, uh, but no, I felt fucked over as anyone would when, like, even on the smallest level, when you make plans yeah. and someone yeah. does something like that. So that was shitty, and like that was the bad side of her. Like the good side was the she was that kind of spontaneous fuck. Let's do it. Um, but the bad side was that was that was the other. Thing. She could be incredibly flaky on that kind of thing. So, and, but you loved her, but despite all this, what happened, you, was, you don't I, feel like you experienced heartbreak. I don't know. I I don't know about heartbreak. Like I don't, because it was because I think we sort of. I think the relationship was winding down a bit. You know, we went through we went through peaks and troughs in the relationship. And when we were, there was a time when we saw each other all the time because we were living in different cities a lot of that time. You know, even when, even at the peak of the relationship, we I was mostly in L.A. and she was mostly in San Francisco. Now, because of the nature of her work, she would take long trips down to LA so there'd be like three yeah. weeks in a row where she's just where mm-hmm. she's in LA and we're you know we're sharing we're, li- we're cohabiting for like a month was she pretty close with her family no 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 and that became a source of that's a still ongoing source of issues now like after she's gone she was close to her brother a bit in certain ways mm-hmm. she wasn't at all close to her mum. Uh, yeah and no surprise you know I mean, and that's well how is that well, still a source of issues that's still a source of issues because uh, as she was near death and after she died, suddenly her mum came racing back onto the scene like the loving parent, mm. yeah. as if she'd always wanted to be there and Tia wanted nothing to do with her, yeah. blocked her out of her life and now they're claiming, now that now after she's died, the family claiming that Eric, the husband, like the kind of the, the guy she was with when she died has pulled her away from her family mm-hmm. which is kind of weird because he came onto the scene about a year before she died and she hadn't had anything to do with her family for a decade. Right. But... Mm. Uh, 
Did but you, that, they're so, just looking for a but that's still that's still ongoing. But you you never met her parents or family oh, members. No, no, I never met her parents. Mm -hmm. uh, nor was there ever a chance that I would. Like um, uh, Cat, who's the friend who, who she lived, who's the comic who she lived with in Kansas City, and mm -hmm. she lived with her for several years in yeah. Kansas City, which is the city, w which is the place where her family also lives. Yeah. Never met her parents. Yeah. Like never, I don't know whether her so dad her, actually. Her sorry, her mum rather. I think I don't think her dad was on the scene. He might have died. I think he died, if I remember rightly. But um, are they pretty religious? Do you think? Uh, I again, I I can't remember, so I can't okay. speak to this. Um, oh, why? But, what was her what was her religious background? What was her religious background? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it was growing up. Like her, she was an atheist now. Like okay, you know, but um, but but yeah, that's what. Get back. So that's what happened in Chicago, and uh. And we found out for about a year. And then she sort of very apologetically got back in touch about a year later. And yeah. we reconnected. I was doing some shows in, in like the South Bay. And she came down to visit. Yeah. Hung out. We reconnected. I don't know why it hits me home hard. And I, I have a really soft spot, even though I do dark, evil shit, you know. But for comedians and people in porn business, I have a lot of soft spot for them. And um, even people that I never met, I, I've, I've really... I don't know. It makes me really sad for those two groups. Mm -hmm. A lot of similarity, you know. I think there's a there's. A, I've been talking about like, uh, talking about this just the other day with another friend who's also in porn, but just uh, comics and sex workers do yeah. seem to sort of drift together. There's this uncanny mm. natural connection between comedians and they stay up late stars. for well, sure. What's that? Tell me. Can you tell me about that, or is it interesting to tell me about that? Because that's interesting to me. I don't I, know. Anything yeah, about I it. I don't know. It's something that. I don't know whether it's just as simple as as porn people like comedy and tend to and tend to want to connect with them and comedy people like porn and want to connect with <laughs> yeah. hot women who like sex. Right. So I don't I don't know whether it's even as simple as that or whether or whether but I think there is a similarity of personality and there's a, I think there's also similarity of work in the Working solo, both yeah, and and also both of us, like us as comedians and mm -hmm. porn people or, or sex workers in general, uh, we we are monetizing what's normally a social interaction yes. between between people who are close to each other. Yeah. So in the case of in the case of sex work, they're monetizing sex, which is a you know a, a thing that normally is given freely between two people who have a connection. Uh, and in the case of comedy, we're we're we are we're monetizing wit banter or charm like we're 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 like sex people sex workers are being given money and, and going like also, have sex now be sexy and we're given money and being like be charming be funny but i think both professions are professions that most people won't and can't do as as a profession but totally and, think they can but totally, totally of think course they can. of course everyone thinks this, they could be a porn star or a comedian i totally yeah I, but so there's so many fucking times like everyone Everyone thinks they can't do com everyone everyone kind of says to hey, you as a comic it. like they're like <laughs> man I could never do what you you do standing up on stage like that and that's because they're like oh I couldn't I couldn't I hate public speaking but in the back of their head they think yeah but if I did I'd be fucking good at it because right. I'm funny and I made my friends laugh and I did a good speech at a wedding once uh, <laughs> but no you you doing it in the formality of comedy you'd be shit and the same thing goes for porn completely like I think yeah. I'm a decent lay I would be terrible if you brought a film crew into the room and told me to do this on command. Like, you know, I, just, you know, I couldn't fucking do it. Like, I wouldn't be good at sex on on well, camera. It's a different the, skill. The vulnerability factor is very, very powerful for both. I, I, I think I right. agree because when you're a comic, especially the ones that I like, you open yourself. Like, mm -hmm. you know, very to uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, 
and you can be more open than you're naked and your asshole is gaping open wide, you know, for the whole world to see you, you know. And um, and I think porn people, I noticed uh, the reason I get along with them, well, I worked in the business too, I don't judge them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They really appreciate not being judged. And it's not my business why they do what why they do stuff in the porn. But um, Well, that's the other thing as well. And we were talking about this a bit just before we started recording. Just... Um, this this idea that people get into porn or get into comedy because they have something missing in their life or they've got some psychological yeah. problem, and I, I I totally have met people in porn who have who have issues, and I've met people in comedy who have issues, but I think I don't know whether that's what's caused us to go into those businesses. I I think people are just looking for it. Yeah, I really I really do think I like I don't know whether any studies have been done as to whether certain psychological issues or mental issues are more prevalent oh, have, in porn or comedy. Oh, there definitely have been studies about that. Uh, have there? And yeah. what, what's been the upshot of it? Well, I mean, for porn, it's, there's always, there's a lot of sexual abuse, usually. But and this is, this is all kind of, generally speaking, this is case studies, but you'll see sexual abuse and physical emotional abuse. Definitely. Okay, but has that been compared statistically to the general population? Because um, cause this is what I'm wa- wondering about. Because I know there was a study that came out recently that said women in porn are happier than the general population. I saw I that. I saw that too. I saw that. But th- I think that was, also, that was also skewed because it was measuring porn stars who were working and were like hot at the time. Like, because you have a peak as a porn star right. too and as a female actress. Mm-hmm. You don't really have the longevity as you would as any kind of performer. Well, that's or an actress. Very- so you have this short period of time. So, so they call porn, them at their prime. But yeah, yeah. So when you're in your prime, yeah, they're fucking happy because they're on top of the world. And those are the women that they were measuring. It wasn't the other women who but, are past their prime and who aren't working anymore, who are having trouble finding work, all that kind of stuff. Okay, but, but so that, I think but, that's why it's a little. But isn't that too. true? For Just like they say about like um, orgasms are are good for depression. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah, that means you're having sex, so you have a good healthy life. But does that mean orgasms are you know right? Okay, cure so there's a correlation, causation, yeah. causation. Yeah. But um. Yeah. But the, the, but the, I think whenever someone sort of, I think people are so looking for that story. Like you, you, uh, know, you see a comedian, you, yeah. you see a comedian who's depressed, and they're like, "Oh, that's why. That's why he does comedy. He gets it out on stage." Go really? But well, you don't say that about an accountant who's depressed. You don't. Right. You don't say that about. Of um, course. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. A, a waitress. Much more prevalent. Though. Yeah, a waitress who was abused as a child. You know. Oh, that's mm. why she waits tables now. You're, no, <laughs> like it, it's it's not um. It's just because of that. Yeah. It's just because of the irony of the tears of the clown. Or it's it's because of that contrast or what that people are looking for it. And maybe in the case of comedy as well, maybe comedians mm-hmm. are more because because it's our our job to particularly comedians who do more personal material to examine ourselves. Yeah. Maybe we're more aware of it and we bring it more to the fore and we we're more talkative about it and we're more open about it and we're more um in general willing to break ourselves down yeah and think about what's going on whereas again members of the general population wouldn't necessarily but i i i honestly don't know i've got friends in comedy who have who are depressed i've got friends in comedy who were were abused as kids i've got friends who weren't and uh and and i don't and no one no one looks at them complex human beings i don't think we can ever say there's one thing that causes us to do a certain kind of thing in yeah. anything. I used to work a lot with Russell Peters and he's a good friend of mine and yep. I, I know his background really well. Nothing but happiness with his family, no abuse, nothing, you know? So right. it, it just shows like not necessarily that every comedian had a horrible childhood and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and my, uh, my childhood, you know, I, I can I can pinpoint I can pinpoint things that weren't great about you know, about my mm-hmm. growing up. You know, I, I again I was I was always the smallest person in my class. Yeah. I always looked four years younger than 
rest of my classmates that I'm sure you could point, you could yeah. analyze like humor as a defense mechanism or as a the thing that I did to make friends because I couldn't be physical or things I did to sort of get over with potential conflict. But but I was I certainly wasn't I wasn't abused in any way. My parents were pretty pretty good. Like yeah. I, again, there again but I could humor, I could pinpoint things point. that I issues that I had with my parents, but very. But who the fuck couldn't? But my parents were loving and kind and lived in a stable mm-hmm. household and are together. But don't uh, you think then humor d- did come to help you uh, in that scope with maybe even women or just relating to people? Because it is, it's not something everyone can be great at. So humor, for someone who maybe, like you're saying, like as a man, you think about yourself more in a physical way. So if you don't have the physical stature yeah, and I'm sure, to I'm compete... Sure. With the other male, I'm sure it was a way. Wit and your intelligence. Yeah, that was, I'm sure, a way for me to assert some level of dominance as a, as a uh, in conversation as a child, and, and and as far as helping women, I'm sure, I, I'm sure it does, and I'm sure it has. I'm sure I'm doing like <clears throat> do better with women than I would if I'd gone into a office job or become a teacher or done any of the other yeah. things. Or that a I might mathematician. Have ended up or a mathematician. <laughs> I never. That was never. I was never good enough to actually become a research level mathematician. Like that was my degree, but I very quickly found my level. Uh, like, a, but, are you part Asian? I'm not. <laughs> no, okay. No, no, I'm, uh, I came from the Jewish side of mathematics. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> he was counting books. But Matt, can I... Um, <laughs> doing the financials. Um, I, I want to talk, uh, <laughs> talk other pleasant stuff. Yeah, sure, go for it. So, so... Um, wait, 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 can I ask one last question about, about his, his girlfriend who's yeah, passed? Yeah, I want to talk about it. Me too. Do you think, just <laughs> in, in 10 years from now, if you think about her and that time... Do you think you, at ten years from now you will still be able to pull up like some pain inside you, or you think that that, that I I have I have no idea. I mean, like I don't yeah. like a probably far. I mean, you know, like if I my my grandfather died ten years ago, and every so often I'll think about it and be sad, but won't. But it doesn't. But I don't burst into tears. Right. 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 Because he like, touched you? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. we had a good relationship. We, we right. dated for a while. Yeah. But, uh, but no, like, and, you know, that, was, that was my grandfather. So, uh, so, so in answer to your question, it'll probably hit me as a, oh, fuck, that was horrible. Because it, mm-hmm. it was a horrible thing. You know, she was, right, yes. she was 30 and died. Right. So tragic. Died Jesus. Tragic. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a kid. I mean, really. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fucking horrible. And, and, I'm sh- and I'm sure... And it doesn't stop being horrible, and you know, there, a lot of people yeah. liked her a great deal. She, uh, Absolutely, and a lot of people were very upset in the wake of it happening. Um, I know this and, sounds insensitive because you dated her, but like when she had breast um, surgery, did it bother you? Because you were thinking like how great of a tits she used to have. Or? I don't know. She did have great tits. I remember it bothered. I know her this sounds. Uh, Lily, I know it sounds terrible. She but was, she but, was pissed off because I would be pissed off. Well, she was pissed off because she never needed to get. Like she never needed to get full tits. Yeah, she mm-hmm. had like really good natural ones. So she's like, oh, I remember. Now I'm gonna have to. Uh, yeah. Now I'm gonna have to get. And and she was like, Well, it's if like I'm, her Achilles. Yeah, because she was talking about it at the time when again when she was talking about the the fact that she'd be completely recovered in a couple of years time. She was going, Yeah, I'll have to get. I'll get implants, and I might as well go bigger, I guess, if I'm getting. Yeah. Because you'd have to get matching. Yeah. You'd have to get the two matching. Um, so yeah, that was that was upsetting her. I I didn't see. I think I only saw her once after she got the mastectomy. Um, no, twice actually. Uh, before what, what before, did they do? The, before the time when she was really ill, like I saw her twice when she was still like mm-hmm. vaguely healthy, but had the mastectomy. 
And then was she? And then the next she, time I saw her, she was just she, you know like, that was the least of her physical problems because yeah. she was she was the shadow of her former self. They cut both of them off. No, or? just I think she just had the one removed. Yeah, she did just have the one removed, and then by the time it had spread to the second one, there there wasn't even any point doing the surgery. Do did you they, ever? Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Um, this question's a little insensitive. Did you ever get nostalgic, or do you ever get nostalgic now and jerk off to her porn? No, <laughs> no, I. Uh, like I think I even I, I, I even uh, still had some of her porn on my computer yeah. and I I saw it and I was like I don't I it you, like can I you could, get an erection from watching it? I haven't tried, but like I I, I don't think I don't think so. No, like genuinely no, because yeah. it's just a bit. I, I gotta say painful. two. I, I gotta say two things. One. I can't believe you asked that question because that's something that guy would ask. Yeah. I, I I never thought. Have he, you met her? <laughs> I, 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 Matt and I know each other pretty well. That's <laughs> super, that's something that I would ask, but it's really weird because it's it's almost like snuff filming that that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Because you, you're kind of watching some. I mean, they're not around. I don't yeah. know, but I did once, like I I did once jerk off to like vintage porn, yeah. knowing like knowing that there's a good chance that that woman in that is well, like at best she's old old now but yeah. like uh, most likely god but but no in answer to your question like it will no i it's there and i i haven't deleted it <laughs> it's just <laughs> i don't know why but like it felt weird even delete like it like it feels weird like she's she's still a skype contact and on her birthday which was uh in january this year like suddenly it pops up with like you know you know like on skype you get a little yeah. it looks like someone's messaging i was like what uh, but then you go there and it's just a little picture of a birthday cake uh, so, but uh, it felt weird deleting her from Skype contact. So I haven't yeah. done that. You know, um, I I was friend with Patrice O'Neill when he passed away. Right. I, I'm still having a hard time erasing his number on my cell phone. Right. And because it feels, which like, is kind of weird to say, because it's kind of hard for you to erase her porn movie. Yeah, you know? but, but it's kind of like, and it's a ridiculous thing because what the fuck is it? It's just a series of ones and zeros in a piece of in a piece yeah. of gadgetry. Well, not necessarily. Look, I had a I feel ex, that connection. I had an ex girlfriend who died of a heroin overdose, and I oh kept her God. number on my phone, and I I would call it every now and then because her voice was still on it, mm. right? Just to hear it. And also, an answer to the question you asked earlier, that girlfriend who died of a heroin overdose, I have had <coughs> auto erotic experiences. Uh, with her as the subject, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, and it, yeah, it is kind of weird. It's, it's kind of fun. Like I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I haven't with her, but what I certainly have had is non-sexual, uh, like hangs. There's been certain occasions where I've kind of been like, oh fuck, like Tia should be here. We should be hanging. Like it would yeah. be, this party would be better. Like I was um, in Vegas when AVM was going on, mm-hmm. and she would always like she would have been there, and she would have yeah. been at. She would have been at the best party, and people would have been circling around her. Yeah. Like she would yeah. have, like it would have been a good person to hang out with at that. And there's been occasions like that. Or um, I remember there was another thing very recently. I can't remember what the fuck it was. I was watching. Uh, it'll come back to me in a second. But I was watching something that was like, oh, this is, this is the kind of ridiculous shit that she'd be into yeah. or was into. And that that's well, one. It, 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 it's really sorry. It, it's interesting that Matt, you're a decent guy, whereas me and Joy are just scumbags because. I mean, really. Self-identified scumbag. They're going to go jerk off to her porn after this podcast. <laughs> no, no. I mean, because I, 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 you know, it's good porn. It's what she would have wanted. <laughs> I'm really conflicted because the way I've suddenly realized the way you probably wouldn't. You, you remember her anyway, but the thing she did, the thing she was sort of known for as well as doing, she did lots of mainstream porn. Yeah. And she did a certain amount of fetish porn, but she also did clown porn, which is what she. I remember. What? 
Yeah. yeah. Clown porn. She was basically, as far as I could work out, she was the most famous person in that tiny, tiny genre. Yeah. Uh, like she. No she, wonder she liked comedy. She liked clowns. <laughs> she liked clowns. She yeah. liked sense. And she, so she was having sex with clowns. She was having sex with clowns with clown makeup on. Yeah. That's kind of scary. That's a lot of people's nightmares. Right? There's a lot of people's nightmares and a lot of people's fetish. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's also always the case. Like, you know, I, I get the impression that things that scare people or things that upset people yeah. absolutely. have the sexual flip side. They have a polarity to it. Yeah. Did, she, did she film clown stuff down in San Diego? Yes, she did. I know that company. I know that company. She sometimes did, yeah. I know those guys. Yeah, she made the first of their films. Yes. She was the star. I brought those two guys to Russell Peters' show like six, seven years ago. Right. So when you say clown, I I I just know too much about porn. But um, yeah, that's what I thought because they were pretty famous. Even Kimmel even joked about their porn. Yeah, I mean, Tia once gave a talk to Mensa. Where she? where she was yeah to the Mensa Society where she like she showed like the clown porn video and talked before it. This is what, something. What why, did Mensa yeah. why did Mensa want? Why did Mensa want? No fucking idea. Was she a member? <laughs> Not. To, no, I don't think so. Are you? No. Uh. Mensa's just yeah. It's an I've, I don't. I've never. Pretentious. I've never attempted to join it. I could. I don't know whether I am. I quite possibly am not. Uh, oh, like eligible to. I've never taken. Mm-hmm. I've never taken this except for like the. The online one that you sometimes click on, and there's like ten questions, and you and everyone finds out that they're above average. Yeah. Did, did, did you take the SAT in this country? No. Okay. No, no, I did. I I didn't come here for the first time. Well, I, I apart from a few uh, trips young, when I was younger, but the first time I came over properly to be here for a while was 2007 when I was 27 already. Well, regardless, n- so. never never join. It's the most. It's the worst way you can degrade yourself is by joining. Well, it, it seems but it's a thing that I have no like it, no interest. No, yeah, like it's a society linked by people who like it. it it's really like, for sex. Everything in there comes down to like wanting to rub each other's genitals. Or, what or, I get or, the impression, like me, the main purpose, uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. The main yeah. purpose of Mensa, for as far as I can tell, is so that people who are in it can tell you that they're in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, yes, that's, and that's normally people who are insecure about their intelligence and it, have to let you know. That's what's uh, yeah, so ironic about it. Yeah. Um, Comedy. Oh, no. uh, that, so um, I'm sure you're performing in obviously all over UK, in Europe too. Yeah. And, uh, the, and uh, worldwide as well. And. And um, I mean, how would you explain British? Hum- I love British humor, especially with uh, sarcasm, cynicism, and um, I-, I just like British film a lot, uh, comedy a lot. But what's the major? I mean, what was the things that surprised you about American comedy? Well, I don't. Nothing really surprised me about American comedy because I grew up with it. Okay. Because you you grew up with that simultaneously. You know, you, like most of, particularly TVs and movies, TV and movies. Like uh, as you as you're growing up in the UK, yeah. about maybe about. 20, 20 to thirty percent of the TV I watched growing up was American, and ninety nine percent of the movies. Like, there's maybe one British film every year that comes out that you watch, okay. and every other every other movie that comes out is American. And then TV, TV we make a lot more stuff, but, um, but still we get all we like, most of the as far as comedy goes, like yeah. all of the all of the big American sitcoms were shown on UK TV. I see. So we'd, we'd see Friends, we'd see Seinfeld, we'd see Frasier, we'd see. Uh, cheers and you know like all, all all of that kind of stuff who's some of the underrated English comedians that the Americans should know you know that uh, like what, that, that, that you think good question well even um, depends whether you're talking about ones who are known in the UK but not in the US or just not really known in either okay because uh, uh, no like known in the UK uh, Sean Locke is pretty damn famous in the UK no one knows him in America uh, I like him a lot uh, Stuart Lee at his best is great, uh, as is Daniel Kitson. Um, 
I'm I think uh Carrie Marks, uh Nick Doody are both fantastic comedians. Uh Andrew Maxwell, he's Irish, he's pretty big in Ireland, he's got a certain profile in America. I'm so embarrassed. I, I don't in, recognize any of them. No, in, there's, in, well, there's no it's reason. not a reflection on them. But, there, but there's no necessarily reason why you should why you should. Like they um a couple of those names I just threw out have done almost no TV and like mm-hmm. a, like Nick Doody's my best friend back home. He's a fantastic comic and a great writer. Uh, he's done very little TV in the UK, even uh, <laughs> let alone in let alone stuff that you would have seen in America. Uh, he's written for a lot more things that you might have seen, but, but love, yeah, there's I, no reason why you should be. A, I love our little, British uh, comics. I gotta ask: Is our British comics do they are they very snide about the American sense of humor? We have no sense of irony. Everything has to be spelled out very explicitly. Oh, there's, there all, all that bullshit. Lazy. Like lazy <laughs> people, yeah. No, the the, the Brits, ha- the Americans have no sense of irony. Bullshit is something that gets trotted out by by people who actually have no sense of irony or no <laughs> sense of humor continuously, and mm-hmm. it's fucking. It's one of the yeah. That that is a thing that is so. Oh, what the country that made the country that produced the Onion and the Simpsons has no sense yeah, of irony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know how the Simpsons is that massive commercial flop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Only been yeah. running for twenty something seasons. Yeah. You know how no one watched uh, Frasier and uh Right. Okay, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, it's um Ugh. yeah, no, I ha- I I hate that. I think that's such a lazy bullshit uh concept. What it actually what it actually means, the truth behind that mm-hmm. is Americans don't notice when Brits are being sarcastic as much as they are. Mm. Like yeah, is right, right. and uh, that's what's actually going on. Brit- Americans have Americans have no need to be sarcastic on a continuous basis. And constantly hide their true feelings by saying the exact opposite. It's interesting right, yeah. when that's, that's <laughs> right. what it actually is. Right. That's what that's what it's actually meant. Right. It's interesting when I have friends from over over all over the world visit America, and one thing they love of America, like if you want to say you want to try something, most Americans are pretty encouraging, but in England, I it just seems so. I don't know if the negative's the right word, but. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you have a lot of success, they seem like embarrassed by oh, it. Oh yeah, no, t- yeah, absolutely. I don't understand that. Yeah, because- you can't. In Britain very much has a culture where you can't big yourself up. Yeah, and and people people hate bragging. It's it like what or anything that's even perceived to be bragging. So you have to. It's almost like the more. What, you, why is that though? Why? I, I don't know, but it's I I don't know what the cause is, but it's almost like the more the more successful you are, the, and the more able you are at something, the more you have to play down your success and your ability. Yeah. That's fair. It's humility. It's like it's like similar you know, to it's, Japanese. It's not, humility is honorable. This what phenomenon is not honorable. It's like crabs in a barrel. I, I lived in Ireland. Exact same thing. Yeah. And, it's, it's and bragging, Australia has bragging. it. Australia has, like Australia even has the name for it. They call it tall poppy syndrome, where the tallest poppies get cut down. In okay, and in Ireland they call it one big grudgery and two um, uh, what is it? Crabs in a barrel. Right. But it's just it's it's this sense <laughs> you don't even have to big yourself up if you just do this stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's and, already and that's it. something that I do find refreshing about being in America, where they like sometimes. Brits sometimes get a bit overwhelmed with the with the American attitude of like I'm doing this and this is happening. Yeah. But there's a certain refreshing attitude when you meet someone in America who, and they'll tell you what it is they're doing. Yeah. And why it is they want to interact with you, and they'll just say it right. rather than alluding to it through some mysterious series of social codes, which is how right. you have to do it in Britain, both both in work and and in relationships as well. Like it's it's far more acceptable in America for to to ask someone out on a date directly. Right. As a sort of go like, like let's go on a date. Let's have this. Let's let I find you attractive. Let's do this thing. Whereas in in Britain, you sort of have to you have to sort of sidle up next to them and constantly hint and sort of suggest this meeting. And then and if God. it happens, both of you end up on this date, and no one's entirely sure exactly whether it's a date or whether you're just. Well, that's because sort of everyone's drunk all the time. 
I have a I have a joke that I do in Britain about like exactly about that. Oh, about, like I have a like a joke that, uh, that only really works in in the UK. But I I kind of like Americans Americans dates. They go on a date. They sort of say like, I I find you attractive. Let's have a date. Let's do this. And American friends are like, is that not what happens in Britain? Like no, no. In in Britain, we get drunk near each other. <laughs> and, and, and occasionally fuck like that's the that's the procedure like we, when she we, gets drunk enough yeah, yeah like yeah, once yeah. we both get drunk enough you know like you go out you get hammered you wake up in someone else's bed and if that happens enough times in a row you marry right. <laughs> like, that's that's how relationships happen in britain like it's just uh, they gotta move to britain that, yeah. That, yeah that, that, that <laughs> does have some kind of a quirky kind of charm to it but but it, but, but it's t- but i think that but I think that is true far more so than America. Like in America, you can sort of, mm-hmm. you can be more direct in relationships or in... In all situations, at, at a restaurant, that, you know, they say the difference in, in Britain between moaning and complaining. Britons right. moan, they, they don't complain. But the, moaning right. means and this, like the waiter does something and we're all, out, we're all out to eat together. And I sit here and I'm looking at you guys, this is obnoxious, I can't believe it, I'm getting screwed over, he's not giving me as much as I like. Now that's moaning. Yeah, and then the waiter will come over and say, oh, everything's great, thanks, yeah, everything's yeah. great. Well, why? Or, or, or if you be... really have to complain in Britain, if, if something, if like if the waiter comes over, you, is everything right? You kind of go, yeah, it was okay, it was, and then the waiter goes, was there anything wrong? And you're, well, you know, it was, it was fine, like everything was fine, it's just the, 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 the meat's a little bit cold. And it's just, but no, no, don't worry, don't worry. And, and, <laughs> yeah. Whereas in America, well... It's actually quite refreshing and mm-hmm. not at all rude to just go to the waiter, kind of go, not not be a dick about a it. a sense of entitlement that Americans have but, about that, where it's like, all oh, right. I totally, conf- I totally agree that it can yeah. go the other, f- it can go the other side, and you're like, yeah. this needs to be fixed, this right. needs to be yeah, yeah, now, yeah, and yeah, it yeah, needs yeah. to be like yeah. that, and they right. need to that, and and that that's not that's no. too bad the other way. But when you just say to a waiter, um, you just go, sorry, buddy, this uh, this meat's not uh, this meat's not cooked for- through. Could you just go and sort that out. Like that's that's not. It's not rude. It's not confrontational. Like, if you say it in a nice way, in a friendly way, yeah. and yeah. you know, and don't be a dick about it, that's entirely. Yeah. If you're indignant, it's, it's then two you're, people being yeah. in a business transaction, making sure you end up with the best experience, and, you know, right. and then the waiter fixes it, and then you're nice, and you tip well at the yeah. end. Yeah. Like that's that's not nothing's rude there. So in, Bre- right. in Britain, you wouldn't say anything. You would just suck it up. No, they they, they moan to their friends, moan but never and come, whinge, never. and then and then in some cases end up leaving a subpar tip. For for yeah. a problem that could have been sorted if you had actually spoken up directly. This is this is a very much like Japanese style. They will never tell you. They hint a lot, but they mm-hmm. won't. They, That's they, how right. Armenians are too. They're very very similar. Yeah. Um, I I watched a lot of British comedy, and I was watching. Um, I don't know. I can't remember the name of the show, but it's it's it was with Steve Coogan. And I couldn't stop laughing. Was it Alan Partridge? Partridge. Yeah, yeah. I love Alan Partridge. It's very very funny show. So funny. It's, it's so funny, but. It, it's all and and of course Ricky Gervais in office, but yeah. it's so interesting how some I have American friends they watch they don't they say why the fuck is that funny really? and like I, no f- I mean like the guys the team who made like Alan Partridge was a spin off from the day to day, and the basically the people behind those two shows yeah uh, have like there's like a core team who between them have their have a connection to like about half of my favorite TV shows like yeah. so like they've splintered off into so many things. Like that was produced and co-written by Amanda Yunucci, who went on to write uh, the thick of it, the movie in the loop, and now Veep on HBO. That's that's, oh, Am- that's, that's Amanda. Uh, Peter Bainham was one of the other writers who went on to write Borat. Yeah. Uh, the the movie. Um, in fact, he didn't even write it so much as he was the one who took what they already had. Yeah. Like, which is a mess of footage and pieced it together into a, into the film. Wow. Like he he did like a jigsaw puzzle job on it. Um, yeah. Steve Coogan's obviously done some f- hilarious things. Uh, the day to day, 
the day to day had to. Um, um, He's someone that is famous uh, on the other side of the pond and not famous here, who I think should be. Yeah, he's he's had a few bites, but he's never, you know, he's had he's had a reasonable amount of success, but he's never, he's had a few movies that could have become a big thing and never quite did. Like he had that, like he did Around the World in 80 Days, which was <laughs> Jackie Chan. He did that. Um, uh, the one in Tucson. Um, um, Hamlet 2 yeah which hilarious I heard that was very I've never seen it which I guess hilarious why it flopped because I was again one of the many people who heard yeah I heard that was good did you watch it no but um, (laughs) another thing that drives me crazy like I I love Mr. Bean and like I think he's hilarious Mr. Bean doesn't do it for me but like other stuff that Rowan Atkinson has done like Black Adder Black Adder's fantastic oh my god it's fantastic but I don't get like I think Rowan Atkinson's a genius but Mr. Bean is not my thing um why is it too? I just, it just it doesn't quite. No, it's not hacky because it's it's done well. But I just you know I just think that sort of he does so slapstick thing doesn't. He does so well everywhere in the world except in the states. That's and, uh, and and yeah, and to an extent Britain as well. Like he's he's Mr. Bean. I have I Mr. Bean is so famous. Well, like there's not a country in the world where he's not known. Um, and I know that having traveled the world widely, yeah. widely with a vaguely similar face. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> you know, stick them all on your face. Yeah, I was just thinking. <laughs> I, I had that. I remember, like in a flea market in in somewhere in Thailand. Oh, hey, Mr. Bean! <laughs> oh, that's funny. English, Mr. Bean, Michael Owen. Was it Liverpool stri- Liverpool football club striker? But um, uh, but do but do British does British comedy translate particularly well over here? I, I it I depends bet, on the I, type of comedy. I think I think. Well, for you, I bet it does because you're also Jewish, and so that that kind of <laughs> no, no, seriously. So you, you translate. You got you have Jewish humor too, and over here, that's that's part of the national humor. But most British humor I found when I was over there just wasn't. Well, I think I think what happens is people uh, things develop culturally, and certain reference points become like that. It's definitely the case that things become hacky in one country that aren't in another, and that right. works both ways. Uh, so I've seen like American friends come to Britain and see and go to a comedy night and just go, yeah, I've just seen all that kind of stuff before. And I've seen that the other way around as well, where where like where hmm. Brits have come to America and they're like, yeah, they're doing that kind of stuff. I get it. Fine. It's not um, really. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but and and think and there are, and things go in phases of the kind of stuff that people enjoy, like the type of comedy that people enjoy. Right. And obviously different countries are at different stages in those phases. Yeah. I mean, ethnic humor is great over here. Yoshi does it, obviously. His friend Russell Peters, Russell Peters does. Yeah. Is the, That's, the ethnic humor in Britain? No, I just found it so abominable like 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 so well, there's almost I, I don't even know what you would have seen because there's almost none in the UK and, it, and that's that's definitely a sticking point when Brits come over to America There's a lot of ethnic humor that we just look at and just go. No, nah, that's just that's just racist and lazy That's just oh. lazy and, ra- and whereas in in America people are still like like um uh but part of that in britain as far as racial humor goes the uk circuit the uk comedy scene very much started in the late 70s as a reaction to racist sexist uh homophobic comedy Hmm. like what what happened was until the late 70s the two types of comedy scenes there were really were the sort of sketch alternative monologue type stuff that people like the pythons were doing and yeah. peter cook and dudley moore and all those kind of guys and then the like the sort of working men's clubs where people wearing dinner jackets wearing tuxedos would go around telling a series of third person you know pub jokes you know man man goes into a shop that kind of thing uh and they'd all steal each other's material and they'd be racist and sexist and homophobic 
And then this sort of the circuit started up. It was pretty much imported from America, but it very much started off up as a reaction to okay, now we're doing stuff that's personal. We're writing our own. <laughs> we're writing our own material. No one steals anyone's jokes, yeah. and and there's none of the bigotry. So it, when people do racial stuff now, it just very much feels like a throwback to to an older shitter time. You just you just look you look incredibly dated and reactionary. Because, Be, because oh, partly the, because they have a sense of themselves yeah. as not having a racial divide and not yeah. having now in, in, and that's that's nonsense. In and practice, bullshit, but, yeah, and in, in in practice also that's that become less of a thing in recent years. Like it's sort of coming back a bit. And like mm-hmm. certainly misogyny and certainly certain types of homophobia are sort of creeping back in because people aren't as right on as they used to be because it, it, it's not as immediate so they're not having to react in the same way as the lines mm. are blurred um, but yeah, Brit- Britain's Britain certainly nowadays has obviously still has racism and obviously still has sexism and still has homophobia but the lines are far less clearly drawn than they are say in America Like I, in, I, yes but I, they also I, I have to say one thing I noticed when I, I wish I would have talked to you before because when I used to work in England, yeah, they were laughing first half, and now the last half I would do racial stuff. It's complete silence. They look really uncomfortable. Yeah, and uh, and I was, of course, I was doing black jokes too. But anyway, um, yeah, they get really, really uncomfortable. Yeah, no, and I've you, seen you it happen were, you were numerous times. A public service by doing that though. Doing that, and I've uh, seen it happen numerous times with American comics coming to the UK, and and British audiences just look at them and go. Well, that just that's just race. That's not a joke. That's just a guy being racist. Why is he doing that? But okay. one one thing I do notice, it's, there's there's an even bigger issue than race to me, which is that class thing because we don't have that. Well, that's compl- That's a, exactly the case. Brit- Britain is far. It's shocking to me. Britain about that. is far more class obsessed than it is race obsessed, mm-hmm. and not not that racism isn't a thing in the UK. Obviously, it is, and not that but ra- class is a and bigger. That, yeah, much, much bigger division. Like um, like a a black working class guy has has a lot more in common with a white working class guy than he does with a with a sorry the white working class guy has a much more in common with a black working class guy than he does with a white middle or upper class guy like mm-hmm. it's just you know that you might want to ask the black guy about that i'll just throw that yeah, out there. But, <laughs> but, but, but 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 go ahead but like anyway. but, um no but i agree with him i, I do agree with him like I, and obviously but generally speaking because here in america just it's it's america's still far more ghettoized and it's still far more divided and it, it's also it's the same reason why when people visit here, or if you're born and raised here, if you say you want to be an astronaut or a professional baseball player, it might not, it might be a little unrealistic, but they're encouraging. Yeah. And but also America, like you don't have to. It slavery was was within like mm-hmm. five generations, like mm-hmm. um, yes, and and still <laughs> brought, as, brought to us courtesy of, oh, totally. of, of Europe. And segregation uh, was within living yeah. memory. Now now still, it's definitely the case in the UK that say that a black person has fewer job prospects uh is more likely to be convicted of crime yeah. is far greater represented in prison than 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 should be as a proportion of the population like all of those things still exist all of those things are still there will not be well represented but in government on television totally anything. totally however it's definitely nowhere near it's definitely nowhere near the levels that it is in america and oh, it's no yeah. preposterous african americans are more integrated into american society you than think? any minority group in europe by far. They are and they aren't because the prison system here, yeah, pr- especially, is a great way to keep segregation alive amongst she blacks and Latinos and whites, separating them, drugs, criminalizing mm. them. I mean, the prison system has been France crucial has, for segregation and true. racism. This is to true. Continue. The prison system is significant. France oh. has 870 um, members of their assembly and their senate, one of whom is not white 
right? Right. And they wow. will tell you, all those white people will yeah. tell you, well, in France, you don't have this. It's not a problem here. Yeah, the, the white people are very confident saying that. Um, but they very good impression, by the way. Uh, but, but they don't <laughs> ask the, the, the one guy who's in, uh, in the 870. Yeah. I mean, and they have expressions like, oh, you, you speak like petit nigre. Oh, what does that mean? It means you speak like a little nigger. Like uh, you don't speak well. Uh, oh, that's kind of racist. No, no, it's just an expression. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's they're so it. naive about race in Europe. It's unbelievable. Well, may, there's in denial about it. There's total I, I, denial. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't dealt with their colonial well, that's, past that's at all. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I, th I think it's interesting in England and especially in Paris, they have this issue with people having a lot of money. And I think in America, at least people don't resent rich people the way in people in Europe because I think even the poor people think there's some hope of becoming rich in America. Well, what... what I, and I think that's partly um, that's a good and a bad. Th I think America, a lot of shit comes from the fact that people falsely assume that they have the ability to become millionaires. Yes. Mm. Like I think I think that's how the well, that's American dream, right? Yeah, and that fucks <clears throat> over that uh, the American dream, the concept of the American dream, actually stops people from achieving it. I think because people because what ends up happening is in America, people end up voting against policies that would help them. Right. Because, like I think I do. I think poor pe poor people, and even. Like poor, even like, vaguely okay people, yeah. Like people who people who earn five middling five figure salaries will vote against policies that will tax mid six figure salaries because they believe that they're going to have a six figure salary at some point and they don't want to pay that extra tax. It's, it's the whereas those policies will actually help them get yeah. to those that position. Right. It, it's, and it, the same it, is true it, that, it's, that, it's that, that the poor people that vote both for Republican, which is so yeah. strange to which me. It's not to strange. It's not strange at all. The same way it's not strange that George Soros and all the other billionaires who yeah. back, back the Democratic Party yeah. are backing the party that's going to redistribute that will redistribute their own wealth. Yeah. Everyone's voting against their economic interests because those in the United States. That class is not the primary consideration for most But Joey, Joey, part of the reason why poor people vote for Republican because the cultural issues, yes. right? And abortion, gun and, rights, and those like are that. more. Th those are the things you could trick the poor to vote. Yeah. No, it's not trick. They, they, well, I think it's a trick to me. Well, I spent a lot of time. I, I think they've been. I spent a lot of time among those people, and they feel very strongly about those issues. Yeah. So, um, and they're more important than the than than the class issues. But his what Britain has the the again because of the history because of the way it was formed mm -hmm. as opposed to America, which is a far more recent country. Is class doesn't necessarily have anything to do with wealth, right? Like, right. Uh, or it, certainly not after a couple of generate uh, right. within the same generation. Like, you can. Um, Isn't it possible somebody, let's say a duke with no money, absolutely, will marry a rich person because right. they both get something? Well, but also what the, what there is that you can be a duke who's bankrupt. You can be a duke who, like a, a, a historical hereditary lord who has no who has no money. And you have a blue collar uh, become rich person. Yeah, you could be stood next. Yeah, that mm -hmm. guy, that lord, could be stood next to a plumber, uh, who's who's worth two hundred grand, and the, that that guy's worth a thousand, and and the lord will still be upper class, and the plumber will be working class. Yes. So, what would be some of the advantages in that scenario if there isn't a financial advantage? You, it gives class. you legitimacy. It's, it's not a. Yeah, it's not even um. Because why wouldn't then that duke be able to make? hundred or two hundred thousand dollars if he has well in certain cases they don't want it because they have connections like there's yeah. certainly historic there's certainly you know family connections that upper class people have in the same way you know but, same but way they also don't want to work working is degrading <coughs> members of the aristocracy ah. right but they are a catch still because they have a they still have their estate in shambles or whatever but if they marry into a rich commercial family and they have that cachet yeah and, and they sometimes that rich family will what will, will marry that status right so they can be and, barons also and uh, you know they'll they'll it'll, it'll 
like it, it again happens less but there are people who are sort of very social standing obsessed who will marry into 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 an upper class status when they themselves are are rich middle class people right mm-hmm. right like my fam and and you can you can move through the class although the upper class is the one that's hardest to sort of move in and out of because that very much is from historical what, what's your background my my background is very much dead like slap bang middle class right um and you can move middle class to working class is far more based on what your upbringing what your job is so my 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 dad was raised my dad sort of transitioned like my dad's family was the sort of transition from uh working class to middle class mm-hmm. my my parents are my mom's a teacher my dad's an accountant okay that's that's about as middle class as like, right right dead set definition to um my dad's dad was a was a tailor, uh, an East End tailor. Um, Very common. Yeah. That. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for yeah. that sort of second generation. Of a, in New York City. Yeah, yeah. second generation immigrant. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, used to live the area that he used yeah. to live in is now very much the Asian area. Right. Uh, like, because they're like uh, same difference. When I say Asian, I I mean um I mean Jews Indian. and Asian, same thing. Right. Yeah. When when I say Asian, I mean like Indian, Pakistan, that's, uh, that's Bangladesh, true. which is what it generally means in the UK. But they don't they call us wogs. Uh, no, hang on. No, no, no. no. Wogs is black. Is black is the derogatory term for. Well, they, 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 they call me wogs. Wogs in um, Australia is. Yeah, in Australia it is. Wogs stands for Western Oriental gentleman. Right. And, um, um, Western Oriental. You're Eastern Oriental. Wog does not apply. But to you um, that's what they were calling me behind my back. Well, you should have corrected them. <laughs> um, at least you're still still a gentleman. Yeah. But but yeah, <laughs> but, that that like that the the Indian Pakistan Bangladeshi communities. Um. They're like one generation behind in immigration waves from, yeah. the, from the Jewish community. So you can almost see the same path. Like like they, the Jews used to live in the East End of London and then they moved to like North London and then they moved further out to the suburbs. And, and now, and like when my grandparents moved away from the East End, that's where then that sort of area became very Asian. And then, and then they sort of moved into North London and hmm. you can sort of predict where they'll go. It's just yeah. a generation later. But that, um, but that was working class. Yeah. And then they, my, they made a de- started to make a decent living, sent my, sent my dad and his brother to a, to a private school my dad, and then he became an accountant which is and yeah which is a very middle class profession now we're middle class but we wouldn't the most we'd step up to if we consider if my if i you know stayed in a sort of in a professional yes business in the uk and earned more money still the most we'd become is upper middle class like yeah. we wouldn't become upper class because upper class is an ability and that that's a specific status that's a right. that's a title right. I'm, I'm, so, I'm i'm really fascinated sorry to I'm very fascinated by Kay Middleton's family because um, it's a great story, in my opinion. Because both I don't of know much about them. I know they're rich. I know that I think they are at both least of, upper middle class, if not. Both of their parents were um, flight attendant, if I remember right, and um, hmm. and so they were middle class or lower, lower upper class, whatever. But, but but middle class. But what they did was they had opportunity to start internet business with um, online shopping or something. Okay. And they were able to rate, they, they were very successful. So they eventually quit that business, had it so much money. Then this is a key point where history was changed. They turned on, used the money and sent both of their daughters to ex- exclusive schools where right. the daughter eventually met the prince. So it's amazing that there's about 18 to 20,000 blue blood princes or blue blooded um, British uh, eligible um girls to marry any royal family she's from working class family she beat all of them just like princess diana just well i mean she's she's from royal family no yeah. i thought she was from the wasn't princess i don't like yeah she wouldn't be from working well, class Sp- family. she's Spencers. from an upper middle class family yeah, yeah. Like, i think the spencers had had some some kind of aristocracy the spencers had a title yeah the spencers yeah. were 
and also and they and they mix in those circles you know it's not like right. they met it's not like they met in a cafe or something you know, they were right. yeah. they would have met at like polo tournaments and that kind of, they went to exclusive school, and uh, it's like, you know, you did very extremely well in Last Comic Standing, and I don't know what's the equivalent for monarchy for Last Comic Standing, right. but she, she, you know, she beat all the odds and, you know, married this guy. And I read in detail, I don't know, it sounds like a gay guy all of a sudden. <laughs> I read in detail how she did it. She, she, she was, like, really smart, and she was very um, conscious of her public image, and, you know, when they break up, she went out and had a good time. It just drove him crazy. Because she was able to have her career of her own and go to school and have a, you know, she wasn't like one of those naggy girls. And yeah, she beat all of them, 20,000 girls, eligible girls to win this guy. And she wanted all. What a horrendous thing to do to marry. Like, I can't think of anything worse than marrying into the royal family. Oh, like, oh I can't, God, me too. I can't think shut up. Wait, wait, Seriously. No, 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 no. Uh, shut, shut your mouth. What? Every, you think, I don't want to be a princess. Every woman wants to be a princess. <laughs> no, yes. not this girl. No, really? No. No, no, no. There's, there's a thousand only, podcasts only that would count you out of ever becoming a part of that. I don't, the only time I'd want to be a princess would be in Mario Kart. That's the only time. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just not enjoyable. I, think, I, think I don't look at the way I speak. You think I want to watch everything I say and be under the scrutiny of the public eye that way? No, like, I'm even, I'm even worried about like like if stuff if stuff happens with like in, in either like in in the comedy business, if you land on a particularly high profile show. Like you can suddenly find yourself scrutinized by members of the public anyway, just yeah, for being on a TV show. Going back, Steve Coogan, as you probably follow his story with the whole um, with the phone hacking thing, phone yeah. hacking, and like I, I couldn't stop reading that. It's just uh, he is very angry with it. And um, are you familiar with this story? No, I am. No, not. no. Can you explain? Because it involves oh. Rupert Murdoch's. Imp- I have yeah. a soft spot for him, by the way. Really? So I, I'm very biased. But go what's ahead your and- soft spot for Rupert Murdoch? Because he is by heart is a newspaper person, and I I am a big supporter of newspaper business, and uh, it's he's gonna explain what happened with the whole scandal. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. I'm not, I'm not defending it, but I have traveled to horrible places in the world where journalism and newspapers is you know lack of those access to those. I totally get that, but the, the, I, I get the, I do have a soft spot for any, what they did was use the concept of free abuse the concept of freedom of the press yeah. to basically claim. Murdoch got to a position where, with his papers and his media in the UK, where he's so prevalent, like even more, so, far more so than he is in the US, where he's got Fox News and a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his newspapers are great because when you open the second page, there's a nude picture of a girl in a paper. Page oh, three, yeah. page three so it's really that high quality. That would make me read the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. it's really <laughs> high quality journalism. But he also, as well yes. as the Sun, he also owns, which is the which is the biggest tabloid in the UK that has the page three girl. Mm-hmm. He owns the Times, which you know the the London Times, which is. I didn't as, know he owned the London. Yeah. Oh yeah, which is as reputable. He owns Fox. Has it gotten a lot more conservative since he took it over? Uh, I mean, the Times has always been, the Times has always been fairly conservative in a in a very straight down the line way. Yeah, but it's not, not conservative. The Telegraph is the is yes. the is the most conservative of the broadsheets. First paper to check the Telegraph. Uh, but um, Guardian's a pretty liberal. The Guardian, Guardian is liberal. The Guardian mm-hmm. you read just to make yourself angry. And the um. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the independent, oh, really, really. the Guardian, the Independent are the two like quality left wing papers. Yes, the Independent for when you run out of toilet paper. And uh, God, it's awful. <laughs> Anyone who publishes Robert Fisk, they should all be shot, lined up and shot. After well, well but let him let him talk sorry, about sorry, the scandal. Sorry, 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 but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but yeah, he he owns that. He also owns Scott. So the Jew, they should be lined up and shot. Sorry, <laughs> put, him on, put put him on cattle cars and send him away. And I don't want to see him again. <laughs> cars, plural. While you're at it, just yeah. burn him. Yeah. <laughs> all right, go back to scandal. Yeah, get his teeth. Get his. T- <laughs> Can you explain to the American so audience. He, so he owns yeah. he owns all those newspapers, mm-hmm. and he also owns Sky TV, Sky News, Sky Sports. Uh, like he he's got a lot of the UK <laughs> media empire. Um, 
But what happens is, and it wasn't just his papers. It was it was a load of like most of the newspapers. Yeah. But his were particular bad, particularly bad offenders were engaged in a lot of very bad ethical practices from journalism. Like they, uh, um, and one of the things that they were found to do, which has been known for years and has only recently sort of been pu- publicized, was they were f- hacking into people's phones. They were hacking into people's voicemails. They were hacking into emails. They they were they were hacking into a shit. Ton of stuff. Now, part most of the time it was cele- for celebrity stories. Sienna Miller, Steve Coogan, like yeah, that, and yeah. a couple of the royals mm-hmm. as well. So what people an invasion of privacy. Yeah, totally. And but they they were still trying. They were still kind of claiming the public interest yeah. defense of like, which is bullshit anyway. Like if there's yes, the like the they there is a difference between in the public interest and things the public are interested in yeah. which which is a distinction that they never bother <laughs> yeah. to make like well well said sir well said that's what they try to claim they claim to claim the public interest defense and you you know you're a celebrity you put yourself out there so you open yourself up to this kind of shit which is bullshit as well that like just bullshit. because you're good at acting as opposed to good at finance or good at teaching doesn't mean that you open yourself up to the to every bit of like your to sex to life having and your every private of... space broken into. Yeah, exactly. Um, so but there, there, but there was one case. It just turned my stomach because there was this girl. She was kidnapped. Yeah, this is the sticking point. This is what fucked them over. This is where they lost any moral high ground. They were found to have hacked into the phone of a kidnapped and ultimately murdered schoolgirl. And they keep erasing the messages, so the family thinks she was still alive. She was dead already. And, and Wait, they were. What do you mean they were erasing no, no, they were, the messages? They were checking the messages. They were well, checking the messages. They, they they checked the message. I don't I don't know. That was what was originally suspected, and I don't know whether it actually was proven in the end. But they raising the mess. What what they? Oh, they would check the message so it looked like the daughter was but, still right. checking her. Yes, yeah. they, they thought she was alive. What they were oh, okay. suspected of doing was, was the, you know, the family would phone and leave these panic messages on her yeah. phone, and and that was all news. That was stories for them. Uh, so then it reached the point where the voicemail box got full. Mm. So that no more information was coming through to the journalists who were snooping on this. So they keep so erasing their messages. They deleted a couple of messages, but what <sighs> this then gave was the family gate like couldn't get through. They were like inbox is full, and then inbox isn't full. Mm. So they're like she's still alive somewhere. Oh. So the family even got like not only were they ha- spying on her, but they also gave the family false hope that this murdered girl was unconscionable. Was still so it was just like and, that's and, disgusting. And, and when I read that, like at I, that point, yeah, they 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 were fucked, and and the whole. Uh, one newspaper actually completely closed down. It was the News of the World, which was the Sunday, yeah. which was like the Sunday version of the Sun. But this is again why Murdoch and his business, like why they're not going to suffer too badly from it in the long run. With utter, well, they're, they're utter dicks. Um, like the day after News of the World closed down, <clears throat> the someone from his from his corporation registered the Sun on Sunday dot com, mm. and it's now and it's just opened reopened the Sun on Sunday, which the News of the World always was the Sunday edition of the Sun. I I, I I don't think. And this is a really tough thing to defend. I don't personally think Rupert Murdoch know about it, but I will say he probably created a culture within his empire that allowed it, allowed this kind of behavior. I don't think he necessarily knew about the hacking I don't think itself, I although there is a good chance he did. There's other stuff that he definitely knew about. There was bribing of police officers. Yes. There was um. There was a very cozy relationship between the MP and yeah. Uh, there, there were a lot of bad practice, and also just general hounding and intrusion of the privacy of of famous people. And and bullying of them to the extent that 
they they held such power over both celebrities and politicians <gasps> that, that that people were afraid to go up against them because they're like, look, you're invading our privacy. We're like, fuck you. We're going to publish this story, <clears throat> and if we don't, we're going to. And if you don't let us, we're going to publish a worse story. And, and they haven't been held a, in trial or anything. Um, like this is there's been tri- okay. there's been um there's been sort of parliamentary tribunals, parliamentary inquiries. Who's but that been, red hair? Yeah, uh, what's Re- her Re- name? Rebecca Brooks. She, yeah, she yeah, works she, for Rupert Murdoch. Well, she was fired. People have been and people have. She was good and brave, by the way. Yeah. People have been arrested, but I don't think the only conviction I'm aware of, I could be wrong about this, but the only conviction I'm aware of, the only person who's actually gone to prison yeah. was um, were this private investigator uh, who was doing, who was helping them with hacking and one guy who was the royal correspondent. Yeah. Um, who was, who initially they tried to claim that that was the only, he was the only one who did it. Mm. Uh, and well, then it's, and, and then and, it's and, just turned out like person after person after person. And I, I, I have to say, I follow, um, journalism throughout the world but yeah you know when tiger woods got in trouble in the states i mean he got hammered over here but nothing compared with what he got in uk jesus christ yeah and if he'd been they're a, like hyenas and if he'd been a uk based celebrity as well it would have been even worse like he would have been it's pretty vicious so the uk media would have access to even american celebrities and in going into their no 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 whenever tiger was visiting uk uh-huh. but that the question and the way they're coming after him was level i've never seen even oh. the states i mean it's unbelievable yeah because also, they, like, to ha- they're tough. They're toughest in the whole world, I think. Yeah, there's um, there was a possible suicide rate in the UK, <laughs> and and it's weird because libel suits are so easy to win there. You'd think is that would, right? Yeah. Libel yeah. suits are easier to win, but also they have incredibly that they have incredibly powerful. They're also extremely expensive, and the newspapers have the biggest legal teams. Right, yeah. So they're like, look, take us to court. Fuck, you can try it's like to- mafia. They're like, yeah, they 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 could ride roughshod over those things, and the press complaints commission, which you're supposed to go to before you go to the libel courts is a toothless self-run organization so there's no checks and balances there yeah and that's one of the recommendations of this big inquiry that just happened one of the recommendations is an independent board because currently the the head the head of the press complaints commission is paul dacre who's the editor of the daily mail Mm. which is one of the worst (laughs) offenders as a newspaper like and um and other newspaper editors are on the board so they're 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 running, you know, the lunatics are running the asylum. They're the, they're, they're self policing supposedly. Have there been a major change in culture and uh... no, there's there's been promises of a major change, but also they've got the they've got the government in their pockets still. You know, for for the recommendations to be pushed through and to be made law, they need the they need the government to enact it and as much as the government made a big show of going of being disgusted as much as the politicians went we are disgusted by this behavior something has to change they're like they they're really they're they're in each other's pockets the government right. needs these newspapers to to stay in power I, I thought pierce morgan got in trouble because wasn't he associated with one of those newspapers oh, the sun the, or he was he was the editor of the daily mirror and how he, could he not know oh, the he, hacking like he seriously undeniably, like there's no fucking people have said that people have come out and said that Piers Morgan was in the office when this was happening. A few people have alluded to he was actually doing it himself. He was what? He was a showbiz correspondent. Oh. For, he had for the to Metro. know. Like, he no had to know. Fucking what? Like, like the chance of it not happening, the slimmest, slimmest chance. But there's no evidence that he's <laughs> like. There seems to be no proof of it, and he he he's swearing blind that he didn't. I would be fucking either his lying, either his lying, or he's fucking incompetent. I would be a ast- yeah, exactly. Like he, like he's he was the editor of one of the newspapers that was doing this constantly. So yeah, exactly that. Like either he is, either he's the world's most incompetent person. And as much, I much as I loathe the guy, 
he's not an idiot. Mm. No. Uh, like, there's no fucking way. No. Wait, why, why do you love him? Oh, he's such a cock. Look at his fuck. <laughs> this is the British. Such I an love obnoxious it. fuck. And also, I don't know anyone who's worked with a guy who likes, like back in the UK, who's liked him. He's apparently just an odious shit of a man. Crabs in a barrel. No, no. Even before he was a net, like, I, like he was just apparently just one of those. He's an asshole. Do anything to get to the top. Hey, man. Yeah. Like I said, it's you know what they did was reprehensible. But I have soft spot for him, Ripper Murdoch, because you know he's married to that Chinese wife of his, and I, I don't know. I just I have soft spot. So like anyone who's sending yellow. No, I'm, I'm, no, no. I'm not saying fuck them. I feel bad. I don't like it, but I just I just think it's cool when the guy tried to throw a pie at Rupert Murdoch's wife. His Chinese woman, just wife, just jumped up like crouching tiger, just blocked it. <laughs> I thought I thought oh, that was badass. great. That's that was that was pretty badass. That's that's my biased Asian part coming out. <laughs> Of nationalism, was there a Steve Coogan story? Um, <laughs> there? Oh, he's very he he he's been very vocal well, about the uh, privacy issue. Yeah, well, there so were numerous. It, yeah, what happened to him? Well, there were, he was there compromised. Was, well, there were various stories that came out about him, like around around a certain drug time. use and yeah, uh, extramarital drug. Whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. drug, sex, possible. I can't remember whether. I can't remember whether hookers were involved at any point, but like it was like it was. Which is ridiculous. He's an entertainer. You, it's a job requirement. Hookers. <laughs> another and, uh, another drugs. part Yoshi yeah. is uh, sensitive about is hookers. Right. Yeah. He likes. Yeah, hookers. just like who doesn't? <laughs> I don't like hookers. I love hookers. All right. Um. <laughs> well, they're good human beings providing a service, which gets yeah. us back to what we were talking about beforehand. They're yeah. they're monetizing intimacy. They're hard hard and Good for them for fucking doing it. Yeah. yeah. Like gen- genuine. Like I I got I got zero problems with the prostitution as a concept. No. Like good yeah. good for them. But um but that so all these but all these moralize i mean the, the the daily mail particularly is the most morally bankrupt moralizing organization like they're utter <laughs> scum they're utter shit uh their, their moral compass swings left to right at the most at the drop of a hat but they but they they thrive on outrage but that's but what they do also we don't have for americans don't realize we don't have anything like the Daily Mail here. No, it's, it's not a newspaper. No, you absolutely it's don't. A, it's a, it's a closest thing you have, and maybe a couple of those papers in New York City. And also, the closest yeah, you have yeah, is yeah, yeah. the closest you have is Fox News. Because yeah. in America, in Britain, TV news has to legally be unbiased. Now, whether there's always people, BBC, right? Yeah, even even the other, even the non-BBC like ITN and Sky News, um, people constantly claim that they're not. You know, the Israel. The Israel lobby claim that they're pro-Palestine. The Palestinian lobby claim they're pro-Israel. Yeah. The left yeah, yeah. claim that they're right. Yeah. The right claim that they're left. But fundamentally, they have a remit. They have a legal obligation to to be to be neutral mm. on TV news. Whereas newspapers, print media, uh, has no such obligation. So it's they're very clear about their uh, their allegiances. They'll actively support uh, one party in the election normally, um, and they'll and the you know the Guardian is always left wing. The um, the uh the Daily Mail's always yeah, right wing. Uh, by the way, this is just great. We went from porn to British. Oh, politics. totally. I love this but, episode. Uh, I but, really do. But TV, it's the other way around. In, yeah. in America, the TV news has clear allegiances, and the um and the print media is relatively neutral. Obviously, they they some swing more left, some swing yes. more right. But they're they're right. far more. They're f- the newspapers are far less opinionated, whereas the TV news is far more opinionated. But you can't compare as as you did like the Daily Mail and the Guardian because the Guardian, even though I, I like I say I only read it to make myself angry, is a very <laughs> is a very quality. It's a fantastic newspaper. Yeah, it's they do quality the, journalism. Um, the, it's just it's just like per, per, per absurdly. The, the equivalent of the Guardian would be either the Times or the Telegraph for the right wing version. Right. The equivalent okay. of the Daily Mail would be and the and the Daily Mail is not a newspaper. It's a it's a rag. It's a tabloid full of bullshit. Yeah. Well, so, the news the Daily Mail. 
There's there's what they call in the UK the red tops, which are like the tabloid what's tabloids. That again? The red tops because okay. they have like red banners across the top. They're, right, right. So like that's the sun, which is right wing. The mirror, which tends which veers left ish, um, uh, and then some other ones like the Daily Star. Um, but uh, and then there's two newspapers in the middle in this weird hinterland. There's the Daily Mail and the Daily Express, which are quite similar, which are like right wing. What they, they call themselves quality tabloids, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which their tabloid format. And they're not. They're That's muck rags. They're, they're yeah. muck rags, but they 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 are pretending to be serious right. in the way that, say, the Fox News pretend. It's like the like difference between, say, Fox News and TMZ, but, where Fox News right. pretends to be a proper serious news organization, but it isn't. Whereas TMZ is just Dude, like no, no. Fox Fox is. It's just from a very specific political point of view, but it is news. Whereas with the Daily Mail or the tabloids in Britain, they're not news. They're just they're gossip. Just, they're just bullshit. But uh, you can't say Fox News isn't news. You can just say it's it's well, news from think, a very specific mass, point of view. Um, can I? So what what's their radio business like? Do they have their version like Rush, Rush Limbaugh's? Or no, 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 no. There's there's nothing like that. There's um. Do you have any theory why there, it, there is talk? There is talk radio in the UK, but nothing. And there are some that are more right wing than others. Yeah. But there's nothing on the level. There's nothing like Rush Limbaugh that exists in the UK. Because that motherfucker is massive yeah. over here. Yeah, and radio, radio literally. Radio in itself doesn't have that same, but ra- radio is different. Why, why do you think it works so well here? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, well, also a lot of radio in the UK mm-hmm. is like, at least half the channels are controlled by the BBC, ah. and again, so and again, they they have to be neutral, or at least they have to I generally see. be neutral. So the half the cha- there's there's like there's several national radio stations, right? Which again, America doesn't really have because right. America's so big that there are people there are some things that are syndicated in a lot of markets, but there's right. nothing that's natural. Nationalists, whereas um, in Britain you've got like BBC Radio One, Two, Three, Four, and Five, which do different things, right? Like Radio One is a pop music station. Mm-hmm. Radio Two is also music but skewed older. Radio Three is classical. Radio Four is like is like NPR. And, and Rick, Rick Gervais <clears throat> used to do radio, the one of those BBC he, radio, right? Yeah, I think he did like local radio, like he did a local station for a while. I see. And then the Radio Five is like talk radio and sports. I see. Um. But still relatively neutral, politically neutral. Although they don't have different DJs who have different opinions. Yeah. But it's not, There's nothing that's as. Much, there's no one on there who's as much as, say, a polemicist as Rush Limbaugh. There's none of that sort of dogmatic guy ranting from one political point of view for two hours. Because the government imposes their own sense of what's appropriate and what's not. On. Yeah, I think I, I, I think so. And also, I'm not sure there'd necessarily be the the appetite for it. I don't think. Well, also, nothing really matters there politically because you guys have outsourced all the significant political decisions you'd make to the EU. Everything's happening in Germany and, and France. To America. Now. And to America. So there's nothing <laughs> really to talk about over there. Just wait and see what we do to you. <laughs> really? I'm not, wouldn't you say that's true? I'd say no. I, th- I think a lot of, uh, like, no, the stuff that actually affects people mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis is still decided in the UK, which is welfare, the health service, jobs, mm-hmm. um, uh finance like that that's all that's all still done by the uk government uh particularly the welfare state which cameron and co are trying to dismantle at the moment they're they're destroying the nhs they're destroying the welfare state and they're doing it under the guise of austerity measures to beat the recession they're not they're just fucking over poor people doing what they always plan to do I keep forgetting the mayor of London. What's his name? Boris Johnson. Yes, I, I I like him, but how does he? So do a lot of people, which is a problem because he's a dick who. Well, he's who, a lot better than Ken Livingstone, the previous he's mayor, a, who was hell. Oh, no, but Boris Johnson is an A-grade asshole. Uh, I guess who, I saw I just is, saw him on Top Gear and like. Yeah, well, oh. that's the trouble because he he's 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 this 
jovial buffoon. He's yeah. this like, oh, fun Boris Johnson with his crazy hair and his he'll say what he thinks. He's a <laughs> like, I, but he's he's an incredibly conniving, cunning guy, and he's a smart. You know, he's a. He but that's what you want for politician. What do you want? Uh, you know, or like a jovial clown who's actually who's actually a dick. Who's actually. Yeah, he's well, what, what makes what, him what, dick? What, what I mean, what, what, what? he like at, at his heart, he's at his heart, he's a horrendous right winger. Uh, Is that right? Nothing, yeah, um, but but sort of um, but posing as this jolly jolly fun Uncle Boris. Uh, but before that, you had this posturing, obnoxious, worn out lefty just just spouting. I would take that posturing, strike. obnoxious, worn out, worn out lefty any day. You like Ken Livingstone. I liked him over Boris Johnson, for sure. Red Ken. In this country, we'd make quick work of that guy. Jesus. We would, we would. Oh, my God. We'd never have a socialist. Ugh. Let's talk about other places, you know, because we're running out of time. But, I was going to uh, say, yeah, we've gone very serious for the second half hour of this podcast. <laughs> we've gone. Um, so, uh, media. Where, where, do you, where, do you, where, where else do you like performing, uh, comedy-wise? Which countries? Um, I've, done, I've got to do a lot. Like, it's quite... In the UK, when you start comedy in the UK, there's a lot of gigs that are booked from places around the world, uh, so that that are booked out of there. So I've got to gig all around Europe. And I've I think Americans do... are terrible. American comedians, they they're afraid to go overseas and do shows. Well, uh, yeah, Americans don't travel that much anyway. In general, yeah, well, that's also, true. It's harder to travel from America. You've got to do like if you live in the middle of America, or even if you live in L- if you live in LA, unless you're going to Mexico or Canada. You're talking hours of flight in any direction before you even get to another country. For sure. Like from Britain, in a three hours flight from, from London, I could get to about 20 different European countries. Mm. Go a few hours longer and I can get to, I can get to Asia. Yeah. Um, so I, or, or like the, or the Middle East. You know, so I, I got to do gigs in Dubai. I got to gigs in Singapore, yeah. uh, Indonesia. Do you work in Scandinavia? I've done Finland, which apparently isn't technically Scandinavia. No. Like Norway, Sweden, and Denmark are the Scandinavian countries. I, I had an offer at one point to do something in one of the other countries, but it, it fell through. Uh, but, but I, did, Finland, I, did, I did work in Helsinki. I had a good time working there. Helsinki is where I gigged. And yeah. I, I thought it was, it was, it was weird because I, I don't know who you, which gig you did, but I was on with, I was the only non-Finnish act on the bill. I was oh, that's only, always uncomfortable. Yeah, and I was the only English speaker on the bill. So yeah. the rest of the show, I was closing and the rest of the show was in Finnish. Yeah. So you don't know what anyone else has spoken about. Yeah. And you don't know what... And, and I didn't even know when I was about to be introduced. Like, because the, the MC was in Finnish as well. So I, I kept having to turn to one of the other comics backstage and go, is he, is he introducing me? He's like, no, he's doing a joke about soap. And it's just... Uh, <laughs> It, that's a quite of a disadvantage because if you're the last guy, you want to listen to what worked by other comedians and yeah. you don't repeat the same shit and exactly. you have no fucking idea. Exactly. So I had none of that idea. So I just sort of had to go out there and rely on, but it, but also, but it worked because I had the novelty factor, I guess, of being the Brit and their English is so good and, that, and they were encouraging. Also, own. they think you're 11 years old. Yeah. And they so they were like, prodigy. who is this, who is this elf who's come to visit us? <laughs> but they were, but yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Like they were a good crowd. They were up for it. I liked yeah. it. Uh, have you ever performed in Germany? Yes. How did, how did that go? How did the Jew thing play I've, uh, out? <laughs> no, they, really. were, they were apologetic. Uh, no, I don't, I've, I've, done, I've done two gigs in Germany. I did one in Berlin where I sort of fucked myself a bit. Like I, I did it. That was one where I was, the only, again, the only Brit on this bill. Yeah. And it was a, sort of more of a variety show. And the first half, I just did straight stand-up. German and comedy? It, yeah. Oxymoron. Hey, I mean, when, what uh, the fuck is that? See, that's the thing. They do have comedy. They definitely do. That's another it, mis- 
Yeah, yeah it uh, has involved with something with beating up but, Jews. But, but, but no, no, but how did it play? Yeah, but, but um, the first, the, the Berlin gig, the first half went well, and then the second half, I tried to do something that I written specifically for the occasion, and it just didn't. It, it was a bad, like it was a misjudgment. Yeah. It didn't quite play. Is off. it mostly expats or Germans? No, that was all Germans in the audience. Then, then I did a gig in Munich uh, more recently. That um, you know what happened, in Munich? Yeah, Munich's yeah. where it all started. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, they 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 forgot. <laughs> uh, but no, it, they, Munich was fun. That was half German, half uh, expats, expats, mm. and. And it was a British comedy night. Like it was just three comedians. Oh, okay, on bill. perfect. But so you never, yeah. you never made Jewish, Jewish jokes, Jewish humor. I think I did. No, I think I probably did. I don't think I would. But could they tell by looking at you? I mean, mm-hmm. I look at you. I would have never guessed you're Jewish. You I, look white. Who me? I'm, or him? I'm, I'm, I'm Asian. I can't tell. Who me or him? Both of you guys. Are, to me, you guys are just white are you guys. Like, I think people. But it, it, that guy's the product Britain. of a thousand generations of, uh, of, of, of. of uh, Cousin Mary in, in Britain, in, in, I, in Europe. Thank you. Yeah. And, so uh, am I. So am I. So it, am I. In Britain, I get, I, I do get Jewish, but I also get, I get Spanish, really, I get Spanish a lot. Yeah. I get, Turk? I get paid for Spanish. Turkish. Yeah, or just var- various bits of Mediterranean Europe, like Spanish, yeah. Turkish, Italian, Greek. Yeah. Um, like I can pass for any of those. I mean, you have a Roman nose, not a Semitic nose, but you have your mannerisms, your way of speaking. You've got all kinds. of Yeah, Jewish and the fact that I mean, your listeners can't. Won't know this, but I'm currently wearing a skull cap and uh, a talus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <no>. and <laughs> gives it away. And <laughs> gives it away. And all the way through this podcast, I've been doing one of the dances. And you, yeah, that's right. You're like, praying to the wall. I hope I'm playing. I'm playing the fiddle. It's. <laughs> I hope you have a chance to perform in Scandinavia because that that to me is my favorite place of all place. Denmark. Really? Sweden and um, Norway. I, have, I've got, I, I might try and do that when I go back to because I'm mostly over here now, and it's so much. Obviously, it's so much easier to get to. Talk uh, to Jason Rouse. I'm sweet. sure you know who that is. I used to live with Jason Rouse. Yes. Um, That's the guy who brought me over there three years ago. Is he? Yeah, because he lived there for a while. Yeah, Jason and I sh- I used to live in this big shared comedian's house in North London, and Jason lived there for a while. Oh, um, my God. I can find two guys more different. Yeah. So that Jason's quite a homeboy. Like, he's quite a homebody. When well, you don't yeah. shit in the bath, do you? Like, um, yeah, Rouse? Rouse only does that every so often. Like, he, he did have a... Every so often, every gig we did in Scandinavia, he would take a dump in the shower, then we leave the hotel Yeah, but room. my read on him really? was, despite all his craziness, he's a, he's a solid dude. He's a good when dude. He, when he's at home... So is his shit. When he's but, at home, um, he's... Like, always, like, like when I he actually lived at home, most of the time... He'd be the one telling us to keep the music down because yeah. we'd be having a party at three in the morning, and he'd be like, he'd be like, I've got to, I, guys, I've got to sleep. Yeah, uh, like he has his, he had his idiosyncrasies. Like he had this big, um, you know those, you know those water <laughs> bottles, um, yeah. the, the, you know the, the big ones that the water just dis- that you have for the water dispensers in offices. Yeah, you know those yeah. big like ten liter yeah, yeah, ones. Yeah. He'd have two of those in his room, one with water that he'd drink from, and the other one that he'd piss in because he couldn't be bothered to go to the bathroom. So there's, oh. it was like this big bottle of piss in his room. Um, what is it? Apple juice. Yeah, it does not work, man. So that was that. You know, he had stuff like that that maybe were less than ideal. But no, he 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 mostly he kept the place clean. He he yeah. cooked. He 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 spent most of his time like you know doing doing his MySpace page around that because that was the thing around that time. Yeah, MySpace was the thing and putting up videos and that kind of. That's what he spends most of his time yeah, doing. It, 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 doing like com- comedians admin stuff. Yeah. It's 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 it was a very. Eye-opening experience for me. I love that. I, I, for me to travel overseas and do shows and meet. He did always like every other week. He had a new girlfriend who looked like oh, yeah. some variant of like someone normally he'd met on MySpace who was some like they all look they all look variants of the same thing, which is like this really pretty suicide girl type. Like they all had dark hair, they all had piercings and tattoos, uh, but yeah. like and it was a different one every couple of weeks. But like that was yeah, uh, that matches. But you're like okay, cool. Of course, that's what something that uh, his current girlfriend want to hear. 
Yeah. Okay. Does she? Does she? Is she tattooed and dark haired and fierce? <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course she is. Yes. He has a type. He has a very definite type. It's funny we talk about him because I was trying to get him on the show today, but uh, he was he had to take care of something. So you when are you performing set. here? When I when? actually want to see you to see whether. Yeah. Matt, may, can I interject real quick? Um, Matt does a show called The Setless Show, which is phenomenal. It's my favorite show to do. Yeah, it's Paul Provenza's show. Paul Provenza and Troy Conrad have this show. It's once a month, right at the. Well, they do it. They do it more than once a month. They do it once a month at, at uh, Nerd Melt at Meltdown Comics. They do yeah. it once a month at the UCB, and then they do various ones in other rooms mm -hmm. around town. Like they do the West Side Comedy Theater and uh, um, Flappers in Burbank. Is there a TV show coming out about it? There, not in America, there isn't. But oh. there's um, the although there's there's a show that's already taped that has mm. gone out in Australia already <clears throat> and is going out on Sky Atlantic in the UK soon. And uh, yeah, so I'm on that. That's tell that's us about the Settler show. So what makes it so fun? Here's the deal: it's improvised. Be, 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 before you continue, can you tell me how big Paul Perbens? I think he's bigger in the UK than here. I don't know. Like he's one of those Pauls. Paul is a cult name. Like, if you ask anyone on the street who is Paul Provenza, they'd never know. If you say he made the Aristocrats movie, you know, the one where everyone's telling the oh, dirty absolutely. joke, then people kind of go, oh, yeah, I saw that film. Um, but if you... if you, the, the thing that was really useful, because I helped on the production side of things with the TV show. Awesome. Um, as well as doing it. And, it um, and for getting comedians involved, particularly when we first brought it to the UK and yeah. no one knew what it was, it, Paul is a really useful name to drop. Yeah. Because everyone knows... Every comic in the country knows the aristocrats, loves it, and trusts his sensibility. Yeah. It's like Paul Provenza's doing another cool thing. Okay, I'm in. Mm. So so here's what the deal is with the show. It's improvised stand-up. Okay. You go on stage and your set list, so to speak, is projected on the screen behind you, topic by topic. And you have to pretend that's from your real set list and that's what you always plan to talk about. Yeah. And it's always it's it's specific things as well. It's not like families or pets. It'll be like suicidal optimist. Or oh, I'm only, very funny topic. Or I'm only racist when I'm drunk, or stuff like like things like that that you then have to sort of see on the screen, and you kind of go. There's no way I could do that. You, it's, it's all improv. All improvisation, yeah. And you just and you see the topic at the same time the audience does, and you just turn around. The new thing comes up, and you just go with it. But it's great because, firstly, it exercises a muscle you never normally exercise. Like yeah. I love I love riffing on stage, but you always have the safety net of your material. Whereas this is like <clears throat> I've just got to keep talking, and this has got to fucking work. But at the same time, as difficult as it is, the audience, the audience knows it. Like the people, the people watching the show know that you're riffing and know that, like they see the topic and they laugh immediately because they're like, "How the fuck is he gonna? What's he gonna do with this?" And then when you do, they're like, "Shit, that was that was impressive." What? The next one of those that we do. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm doing one in Santa Barbara on the 22nd. Oh wow! Uh, Around and the then, corner. And then. Uh, they're doing I'm not on the next one that I'm not on is at Nerd Mail the next day I think on the 23rd mm. uh, but let's go to Santa Barbara on the 22nd and I want to see it Santa, oh yeah it's very romantic two guys <laughs> Santa Barbara country It'll be, well, Santa March. Barbara on the 22nd will be a real will be a good one like I know the names on it and there's a couple there's, it, a, there's a lot of good uh, Paul probably hosting it and there's a lot of good names on it and there's a couple of possible special guests that they can't announce What's Including one that I'm very excited about, but I can't say. Who's that uh, British comedian, Jimmy something, he deadpan? Jimmy uh, Carr. Oh, yeah, I love that guy. He's a very funny man. I love his humor. Uh, but didn't he get in trouble with some taxation loophole kind yeah, of bullshit? Yeah, he got fucked on that. He got, um, and again, like, I don't approve of what he did, but he He's did. He's extremely funny. But I'm he did get a funny. shitty deal from the newspapers, because what happened was, um, he got caught you doing uh, a legal... But, I don't think it was his decision, wasn't it? His accountant told yeah, him. Yeah, but he knows what he's. You know, he he 
your accountant, if your accountant comes up to you and goes, "Hey, you could be pay, you're you're currently due to be paying thirty five percent tax, but if we create this fund and funnel it through this offshore thing, then you can pay one and a half percent tax or whatever it ended up being. It was something ridiculously low, oh, and wow. he and he went, and, you know, if you 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 know you know that it's happening, you know, if you're if you're if you're a millionaire and you're only paying like a, a thousand pounds i don't know how much it would like no tax he he fuck he knew it like and he no, and he knows that it's, i think funny people don't have to pay tax and he knows it's unethical if not that's what i say we're all fucked then but uh, <laughs> but but yeah he's a uh, he so he he knew he knew what was going on what he didn't deserve was to be singled out like he was the front page of one i think it was the times absolutely and then david cameron called him out like david cameron David Cameron, the Prime Minister, goes in an interview, just goes like, "I disapprove of what Jimmy Carr has done." Jimmy Carr has done a, I can't remember what his right words, but he's like, "Has done a bad thing." And then it emerges that his his father-in-law, like Samantha Cameron's dad, is using exactly the same scheme, and a lot of his financial backers are. And I was watching this, going, "Why Scumbags. the fuck are the opposition party not hammering Cameron for this?" And it's obviously because a lot of them everybody's are as well. doing it. Yeah, it's obviously because a lot of them are doing it. Okay, and if they stop, no, it, it's it's. It's immoral and it's unethical, but it, it, it wasn't illegal. It is legal. It's okay. a loophole. Yeah. So if you... Okay. Yeah, oh, it's so like wait, 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 wait. what they do. That's nonsense. So, if you so set it, the game it, up like that, people are... People but so it was legal. That. But that's yeah. what's going on at the moment with a lot of stuff like... in. So is it, corporations fucking sending oh, their... Oh, exactly. Their, well, their I, money I, offshore so they don't pay exactly. tax Exactly. So is, so is the Bank of America paying zero tax mm. last year. Yeah. So is so is in the UK Topshop, uh, the ha- chain play, paying putting the whole thing in the owner of it putting everything in his wife's name who lives internationally so she so Topshop which is one of the biggest clothing companies in the UK mm. pays almost no tax um, like all of that stuff and 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 all of that is technically the Starbucks made zero profit in the UK last year and may like, I, may, made not a single penny of profit Starbucks which is on every high street in the UK and may I remind you uh, Rolling Stone did the same thing when they were having tax problem they went to France yeah. in southern France uh, the one that, what was that no accent was, which album was that uh, I, I can't remember but I know the one yeah I know you know, exactly. it's one of the greatest albums by them and they went to southern France to bypass yeah, yeah. And well you two did the same thing they, they what, moved their um, well you two you yeah. two for years they um I think, I think it's been closed now, but in the U, uh, in in Ireland for a long time, mm-hmm. there was like an artist's exemption to tax, where yeah. there was just like a special tax rate if you're an artist, if you're a musician or a visual artist or a writer or whatever. Oh, which stand-up co- comic. Uh, yeah, I think you guess stand-up comics would yeah. be covered by that, but that covered all <laughs> artists. So yes. like, it's, whether you're like a struggling musician trying to write songs in your bedroom or whether you're you too and you're out earning corporations, yeah. you're still like you're still like an artist and exempt from tax. So, I think they close that now or they change that. But well, there's, there's a good movie thing. about that called uh, We're Not Broke. Right. It was a great documentary. It was just in Sundance this this year. But if, it's more about the loopholes of corporations not paying taxes and how right. they evade it. Which is what... You might as well use them. Well, if the system is rigged, that's not your well, fault. Well, this is, this is the thing. It, it's not your fault except when these big companies uh, put, have people... Putting weight on the politicians to not change yeah. those laws, which is what which is what happens. Like right. clearly, yeah. these multi-billion-dollar international corporations that pay zero tax are have, paying a lot of uh, lobbyists. Fees. Yeah, exactly. They're paying a lot of <laughs> lobbyists, and they're don- donating a lot of money to political campaigns, and 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 that kind of money would find itself disappearing if those laws get changed. And that you know that, that's what whole thing. Romney paying less tax than his secretary. Now that's yeah. I, I right. have to say. Two episodes in a row, Lily did a homer. 
No, I mean, oh, yeah, oh, you did research yeah. and stuff. I really, well, yeah. good job. I, I mean, just not just pretty. Just, actually, you're doing your work. I, uh, well, <laughs> I, I read and I watch movies and stuff sometimes. So good for you. Thank um, you. But, be, be, <laughs> you know, uh, we're running out of time. But so, Matt, what, what's your, you know, big aspiration? What would you like to do in the States? You know, I know you can't say this in England, but it's okay to have a big dream and, you know, you want to like, direct like movies I've, or have sitcom. I've never been someone with like a, I've never been one of those people with like a five-year plan. Like yeah. this is what's going to happen. What stand-up's what I love doing more than anything else. Okay. Like stand-up is my favorite. You're thing. very good at it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, good answer. Is, stand-up is my uh, stand-up's what I adore. Everything else I do would like it. I I audition for sitcoms and stuff like that. Yeah. And I would be very happy if I got one. I I don't do stand-up to get on sitcoms. Right. But if I got a sitcom that would then mean more people come out and see me do stand-up, great. And also right. at the same time. Be on a sitcom. Same goes for writing as well. I, I do I do like writing a lot. I think <clears throat> I I quite I would like to have a show that I've written on the air that uh, that ends up being a success. Which American TV shows do you like? So I could kind of gauge your what, personality. What do I like? Um, I think Arrested Development is the best sitcom oh, of the last ten years. Thank you. High five. I'm this, this, this coming May, Netflix Love. is bringing back the yeah. episodes. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I hope it's good. I suspect it will be good. It's the same guys writing it. It's the same people in it. Did like that show do well in England? Did they get the humor? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, again, uh, again at, at a cult level. You know, it wasn't. Mm. It was never huge. Um, Larry Sanders was big in the UK, oh, which again I think is one of the best sitcoms. Do you ever go down to Comedy Magic Club and work? Uh, yes, I do, and I have been there with Gary Shandling. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I I talked to him one time. Man, it's just like. That's one of those oh, my bucket amazing. lists. It's my yeah. the comedy magic's one of my favorite comedy clubs in the in the world. Just partly because it's you know they treat you really nicely and it's a good audience, but also every time I'm down there, someone is on. Like you know, Larry Miller is on, or mm-hmm. or, or Seinfeld, Shandling, Chris like, Rock. You know. Yeah, I've is never, this the one in Hermosa Beach? Yeah, exactly yeah. the one. Yeah, it's a, there's no other club in the country that treat people well as that club. Mm. Guarantee in North America, which is why which is why so many famous people still come back and. And do it because apart from it, you know, they all, there's always a good crowd there. Yeah, they they remember how well mm. Mike, who who owns the club, looked after them and treated them when they yeah. were when they were nothing. Like I've been down there. I went down there once a couple of years ago when Nikki Glaze was on, and uh, we just another we were going funny on, girl, very very funny. And we were going on to a party afterwards, and I just went, oh fuck, well I'll come down with you. Uh, we'll share a car. I'll wait for you to do your set, and then we'll go off to the party. Yeah. And I was just there in the dressing room, and Mike was there, and he's like, hey Matt, have you had some food yet? And I went. They, oh, and they and don't went, charge. Yeah, and I went. Oh, I. They don't give a shit if you perform. They treat I, every comedian. Well, I went. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not on the bill. And I'm, and he was like, ha, I have some food. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, Is he a thanks. I'll, I'll have a. I'll have a salad maybe. And he went, have the steak. Like he's. Yeah. Like when have you known a comedy club owner try and force the most expensive menu item <laughs> on someone Mike who isn't Lacey even on the show? Is great. Rich, the manager. Incredible! Yeah. This Lovely is the same guy. place Jay and Leno perform every Sunday. Every Sunday, and again, I'd imagine because he, you know, he he liked because they looked after him and they treated him nicely. Uh, yeah, Rich is passionate about comedy. Uh, he's one of the few comedy bookers who I always see at other clubs. Like that's that's a rarity. Like Rich who Rich who books and does the day to day management for Mike. I've seen him at the Improv. I've seen him at the yeah. Ice House. You know, he travels around and he. I've seen him at the Irvine Improv. Like he he goes to see people that he has and he. And they're he, they're a real student of comedy. Yeah, they really are. And he quite often asks me uh, about. Um, I quite often get an email from him saying that some British comic that he doesn't necessarily know is visiting. Yeah, I was like, "What's this guy like?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and I'm normally be like, "Yeah." And this guy's then that's when you talk a lot of shit. Yeah, like, no, nah, you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that. I'm the only Brit. No, but like, it, it, I can generally, uh, uh, he, you know, he wants to find out. He's he doesn't just ignore that. Yeah. He, he wants to get new people and he wants to find good people and he wants absolutely. To- 
But, but I, I liked it because the one time, the very little I know about boxing, we, I ended up talking to Gary Shandling, man. It's just like that one time, it just moved me because I'm such a big fan of his stand-up and his shows and like, you know, I'm yeah. glad I met somebody I like and that they're actually cool. That's one of the things I really worry about uh, meeting somebody I like and find out they're stupid or a jerk or something. But Gary was well, incredible. Well, Gary, Gary from, like again, from my only meeting with him <clears throat> is... He's a he's a comic like he's a real yeah. he still loves the he loves the green room he loves the hanging out like he was tagging people's jokes and that kind of thing he like yeah he still feels he's you know he's a star and he's had all the success but he's still when he's in a when he's in a comedy club I get the impression that he still feels he's just one of the comics and he likes that feeling and and, and after the show he said like I'm doing this award show I'm working on this joke what do you guys think he will actually ask right. us yeah so and he's like, not only tagging other people's yeah. jokes he was asking other he was asking the other comics for like he I think he, he's back. Yeah. yeah, he still likes that camaraderie of, you know, the co- fact that he would have had in the old days where you're all just knocking around jokes and dicking around with ideas. That's awesome. And someone goes, hey, you know, that bit that you do, I reckon there's, if you say that afterwards. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's it's that room. It's just magical. I mean, Seinfeld, Chris well, Rock. It's also. Garrett, uh, George Carlin. That's and where they I have just real missed, magic acts. They do have them. magic acts. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. just missed out on, yes. on gigging with me. Carlin. I just missed out. I'm gutted forever. Like he w- he did he was doing two weeks of warm ups for his last HBO special and he cancelled one of them through illness and that was the one I was going to be there for. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so you never saw him live? No, I never saw him live. But uh, I know gutted about that. But um, but he was he, incredible. I don't doubt it. But he um, but the comedy magic is also the single best place to run in a TV set because it's a TV audience. Like it's because it's because it's Hermosa rather than Hollywood. It's very much like down to earth people. I found this and I found this a bit retrospectively. Uh, when I was doing last comic, if it works at Comedy Magic, it'll work on NBC, and if it doesn't, it won't. Yeah. Mm. In fact, the bookers for um, Tonight Show, yeah, uh, Bob were. and Reed, um, they 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 will check new talents over there. So totally, because it's, it's, it's a very it's a yeah, great room. Because you can sh- send an attempt tape from the UCB. Yeah. But they'll be looking at it, going, yeah, well, the UCB like that, but that's not that's not who's going to be sat watching Jay Leno tomorrow. Yeah. Right. tomorrow night like we need we need the, the people in Hermosa Beach are the people who are going to be watching Jay Leno tomorrow night so we need it to work with them and it's one of those few clubs actually do well during summertime which is very uh, rare because they're right by the beach so people visiting Hermosa Beach during the day notice there's a club they'll yeah they, they mix it up like during low during um, like during peak season they have headliners in yeah but when it's uh, when it's like low season they do these 10 comedians for us for, for 10 bucks yeah so that so everyone, there's like ten people, or, or even sometimes they there. There's the like twenty month, comedians. 20 everybody comedians. gets three or four minutes each. You know? Yeah, yeah. But they, they do but stuff like, like that. Comedians. Yeah, good comedian. Yeah. yeah, like it's always. That's why I never work there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's always decent people. It's always uh like they have, it, there'll always be a few big names, and everyone else is good. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I like that. It, it's 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 a fun club. But I'm gutted uh, to miss on Carlin. Like I'm so pissed to not see him. The last time I saw him, he. He was great, but last ten minutes he scared the shit out of everyone in the audience because it was all anti-God, anti-religious rant, which I love. But most of his fan base were like really old, so like right, they didn't know what you know. Did there was great is he would get that past those audience. Uh, like I've seen like Tosh go on in, at the Comedy Magic because he lives down that he <clears> or at least <throat> he used to live around that area, so he'd pop in there all the time and he'd get his stuff passed with them. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're a big enough star, you could do duties. It's a it's a, Pretty much, that was a clean room. That was it is a mostly clean room. That was how I found out Tosh was huge because I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't know until like about a year and a half ago. I was in Hamosa 
and Tosh went on as a surprise guest, you know, as an yeah. unannounced set. And yeah, I knew that, you know, he'd had the Comedy Central show for a couple of years. So I knew like if he'd gone in a college crowd, they would have gone ape shit. Yeah. But going on in front of like 50 something couples yeah. and he walked on stage and they're like, ah, and like cheered like it was a, a cheered. Yeah, yeah, but they cheered at that level. I was like, holy fuck, he's big. Because if, if people who look like my parents know who he is, yeah. then. Wow. and um, He has a presence. I, I like Tosh, and it was just terrible last summer when he had to apologize for that joke. rape joke. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was in Hermosa when he did the first his first gig back. Like He, yeah. he, 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 just, he didn't do stand-up for a couple of weeks, and he did his first gig back really tentatively, unannounced at, yeah. at the Comedy Magic. Wait, what was the rape joke? Can you, can you tell me? Some lady said... Oh, rape jokes are never funny. And he said something like, wouldn't it be funny if five guys just raped her right there? And uh, she was some humorless cunt. Uh, well, when well, I say well, cunt, I don't mean like the British way. I mean, when I say cunt, the way Americans say it, she was that a real fucking That nearly got me cunt. into trouble. That got me in, like, I, I nearly got into an argument um, with, a fe- with a fellow comic. Yeah. When I said to him, I, I, he was being hilarious. Uh, and I said to him, like, man, you're being a funny cunt today. You know, would you just call me? Like it was just like I, I like I really had to work it. Like England, they used that like it's nothing. Here's yeah. the explanation I had to use, and it works. And it it was taken from Ed Byrne, who's an Irish comic, very funny guy. Yeah. But Ed's explanation was: um, Brits and Irish people use cunt like Americans use motherfucker. Yeah. Okay, and that's ex- they're exactly the same. Like you go like in America, you go you motherfucker, and that's an insult. But you go you're a funny motherfucker, and that yeah. is that's a compliment. Cunt is here is so like, it's like it's you gotta like, black it up pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, motherfucker. Like, it's like minge. I don't know if you, you, have, you have Minge in England, yeah? We've got, yeah, at least half the population has it. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Well, Minge is extremely vulgar, yes? Yeah, Mi- Minge is one of those, Minge is one of those grim words, though. Like, Mi- Minge is like... I never heard that word before. Yeah, what does that mean? It's pussy. Yeah, oh. but, but Minge is just That's like... It's not very flattering. Mi- yeah, Minge is like grubby. Like, it's just such I'd a... I'd rather be called uh, a cut yeah, than a grubby like, Yeah, it's like, Minge. show us your Minge. Yeah. Like, Minge is a word that you'd never use when you're fucking someone. Yeah, like like you what, this one girl called out to me. Just give me a second and washing me in. Oh, oh, oh no, no Brits would find that a horrible. Like I would, <laughs> I would. <laughs> how, how, how can you get a boner after? I that? would have to do a lot of thinking of other shit I, to get back into the mood after that. Like, like <laughs> cunt fine, pussy fine. Like hold on a minute, I'm washing it anyway. Like, okay. do, it, do you know a guy? Like, do you know a <laughs> guy named David Fulton? Yes, I do. Friend of mine. He was on TV show in Britain. He used some word that is not even nothing over here and got a huge problem. Do you remember the word? Um, I remember the story and I can't remember what the word is that he used. Wanker. Oh, okay, yeah. Is that a bad word? Because they got no. really panicked. Like, he, is he, that a bad word? He, he used it on daytime TV. But wh- no. so, what, why is it bad in England? Why is any word bad? Why is cunt bad? Why is fuck no, bad? No, jerky masturbation. Wank, to wank, wank is to jerk off, and a wanker yeah, is, know, like you, I mean. is like going you jack off. Yeah. Uh, or you tosser is the equivalent as well, like tosser, wanker, jerk off. They're, they're, jerk How off. bad is that in, uh, out of all the words in England? I mean, wanker. Um, it's like, it's it's like a middling, like it, it it's not, it's a level, it's a step down from shit. What about douchebag? Douchebag is, isn't even really used in the UK. Well, what about ho- homo? You call someone homo at night, it's not a big deal. On daytime television, you don't call someone a homo. Yeah, but, uh, but oh. homo, homo has different stuff because homo, yeah. homo has prejudice like associated with it as well. But like, wh- it's so fun to you say it, though. Wanker is a... Uh, wanker is one of those words that just... Um, I don't know, it comes with... Uh, it. You, you, you'd easily use it in general conversation. Yeah. Like, like you could wanker. use it if you're on, on your... But, but you know what? No, it would never be on daytime TV. It would never be... Wow. Yeah, no, I can see that. Why, Dave, why would it be on detail? But Dave, Dave lived there for over ten years, and he was surprised. Dick. That that like, was like, okay, would you would you 
Like I, I'm trying to so think. I'm, saying, I'm like, trying to think of an equivalent in America on America or daytime TV here. But people would you not? Because I possibly would. That's good to know. Like maybe I'm trying to think of an I'm trying to think of an equivalent in America. Just like would you go like if you did daytime TV, would you go that guy was a dick? Would you say yeah. that? No, you can't. It's changing. Yeah, no, but like, like you can say it after 10 p.m. on yeah. FX. Yeah. So I think I think calling someone <laughs> calling someone a dick is probably equivalent to calling someone a wanker. Like that's I that's see. probably an equivalent level. Right, okay. Yeah. So like it's nothing. Like no one like in like no one would be aghast, particularly but in a comedy funnier. club. To us, it's funny. Is it funny to you, wanker? Yeah, yeah. F- yeah. Wanker is funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you little sure. wanker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, getting mad and calling someone a masturbator. You wanker. Yeah. But I gotta go. You wanker. Okay, well, would you? But be. <clears throat> oh, I can't. But I be, be, before I have to go, um, I, you know, I'm friends with those two guys from Tonight Show, and they were nice enough to let me hang out at um, Tonight Show backstage. Right. Not, not anymore, but I, I, the British actresses, they always made me laugh because they they have a great sense of humor and the potty mouth. I mean, it, it was great. Karen Knightley had a potty potty mouth, but not not I, in a mean way. But she was really funny with it. No, I'm glad to hear that. And she was so down to earth, but um, yeah, nothing better than a hot woman swearing. Yeah, it's love. great. I, I love that she was. Fuck shit, motherfucker, cunt, cock. There we go. Pussy, minge. Minge. <laughs> oh, you ruined it. I had a semi That's and what it's I gone do, now. baby. I kill boners. <laughs> I erect them and then destroy them. Matt, thank, <laughs> thanks for doing the show, and I, I think you're, you're going to have a continue to have a great success. Thank you, man. Thank yeah, thank you, Matt. I'm glad yeah. she. Oh, sorry, we got we got we started off at porn and sex and ended up just uh, politics for half an hour. That's <laughs> yeah. sorry, that's what am I doing? But I, yeah, you should stay in LA. This is your city. Man. I'm planning to. I'm planning to stick around for a while. Yeah, you should. So yeah, let me know if you need a green card. Whoa! Hey. Just kidding. <laughs> I charge ten thousand dollars now. Yeah, really? That yeah. much? Fuck. But, well, uh, sure, my prices what? dropped. Wouldn't that be 15, funny? You start 000. dating him and you have cancer. <laughs> that would like, be there's hilarious. A here. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> like I mean, I. Yeah. Do, I <laughs> I, I don't know that it wasn't me that caused it. Like I, don't, <laughs> I am radioactive. Hey, I take cancer over HIV. Ma- maybe Would you? what? Yeah. Oh, it depends on the cancer. No fucking no. I don't know. Nah, like, I don't know. No, you can live. You I, can I live with, with a HIV. HIV for a while. Maybe, like, I, maybe <laughs> American <laughs> condition now. You can live a long uh, time. Yeah, like I. W- I mean, HIV would be a shit. Like HIV. Because there's a sexual yeah, limitation with HIV anymore. that would destroy me. Like any kind of STD to me is like death. No, but I, get, I would I get fucking that, but, kill myself. But there are still Why? people who would fuck Because I do not want my taint ruined or the possibility of giving or getting something from someone and not being able to enjoy sex is so detrimental. But you, okay. can, but you can enjoy it. You can still like you can. I don't have to people. take a medication. For it to control oh, it's a, it. It's oh unpleasant. God. Like it's a shit. But I take I take HIV like, ever like cancer. How how um how creepy is it? We find I'd out. Rather die. You're you're just like <laughs> you're, you're you're just like um Dorian Gray. Every time you date somebody, you stay young. <laughs> yeah. You make your oh, girlfriend my, sick. There's my favorite book. No, no Americans would get that reference. Yeah. But Dorian Gray. That's one of the best novels. Read it. Oscar, Oscar Wilde. Wilde. Yeah. Love that. But yeah, I do have a cancerous painting in my attic. Funny reference. Oh, the Brits are so much f- funnier. Just, it's just well, they're much more well read, yeah. too. Yeah. It's just a big tumor in a frame now. That's all it is. <laughs> oh, God, that's horrible. It was a friend of mine. She died. But still, that was funny. <laughs> no, no, man. When we laugh, uh, at least the comedians, we don't laugh and like we're glee that it happened, but we say horrible things to oh, deal yeah. with it. You know? Yeah. That's something that non comedians don't understand. Like, they think if you laugh, we're. we're uh, Being uh, insensitive. Uh, and that's not or, 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 or we're glad something horrible happened. 
No, that's anyone not the who case. has really suffered knows that tragedy and comedy always to go together. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. No comedy is a way of, of dealing with tragedy. Yeah, it's, but, it's the um, best way. I started yeah, laughing the when I found out comics is we do it immediately. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, I was going to say when I found out David Foster Wallace committed suicide, yeah. I started laughing. I was very hurt that he committed suicide, but it was, it was also the fact that he did it. All his books about celebrating life and the triumph. Yeah, of, it was the it was irony. Funny. Yeah. yeah, you know. And he used to hang out at the porn convention, 1998, for real. Yeah, that's right. He he, he actually wrote about my boss, Buttman, and stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> Matt, um, I'm I'm glad I met you, and uh, th thanks. Yeah, same. That was so. Uh, uh, I was impressed with your knowledge about uh, British politics and media. I mean, well, it was the country I grew up in, but uh, yeah. But thanks. No, it's been it's been fun. And come out come out to set list or come out to another show. Are you going to... I visit. I go back. You know, my closest friends in the world still live in London, so I go right, back okay. and visit. Yeah. And, but yeah. this is your home base. This is where this you is where This I'm is your home. This is where I'm best based at the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can clean up in this city. This is the perfect city for you. Well, I like... I like <laughs> really, really, I'm serious. But it's definitely... Like, there's a lot more for me here at the moment. There's a thousand of me back in the UK. I'm, there's ten of me in, in LA. Yeah. Like, it's... it's yeah. Uh, but it's also you've got a particular combination of things that will that that are unusual and that will yeah we'll see I mean it seems to be serving me well at the moment so I'm gonna st I'm gonna stay here for a bit yeah <laughs> cool well we like you here yeah. so thank you yeah thank you for coming well keep by. writing I hope you, you know just a uh, Kirshen Kirshen and yeah. it used to be Kirshen bomb it used to be Kirshen bomb yeah there yeah. used to be extra letters in the middle over there I, as well I might I might go back to Kirshen bomb. But but uh, but up, up to you. I mean, you know. I think I'm sticking with this one now. I've got the Google. I've got the uh, I've got the web address. You've, you've, right, no, I've right. got the Twitter handle. You know, you can't you can't change that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now people have. And also now Twitter's a thing. That's more. That's more characters. Yeah. Stuff you need yeah. to consider. Yeah, I can't take yeah. a Twitter Kirsten character Bomb space. Has its advantages. Yeah, there's yes. there's an extra too much. Well, alrighty, thanks everyone. Well, Lily, thanks for bringing thanks. Matt. That was oh, that I, was really fun. Oh, can I plug Probably Science, which is our podcast? Oh yes. Yeah, if if you've got this far through me waffling on, listen to probably science, which is the podcast, like the science nerdy podcast that I do. Yeah. Oh, awesome! And your Twitter account address and, and Facebook and address. If you just, you'll get the spelling wrong if I tell you now. So just Google Matt Kirshen with whatever spelling you reckon is closest, and it's such a rare name, it'll suggest me. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good answer. That's a good if answer. If you really have a science podcast, I, I my background is in the natural sciences. He went to I'll medical call school. and make very emotional calls. Uh, and, <laughs> Perfect. And, uh, yeah, can you call in to that show? No, you can't. But we can wear something out. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I would like to do it. I'll get. I'll be upset when I call, probably. But I, I'd really like to do it. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's do it. And Let's everyone, do it. Uh, go like us on Facebook. Yoshi didn't, and follow us on Twitter. Yoshi didn't. And yeah, comment, comment, comment on the uh, comments oh, on the iTunes. podcast. Yeah. Go yeah. on yeah. iTunes and give nice ratings and nice Reviews comments and ratings. And Thank subscribe. You. Yeah. Subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Yoshi's the fucking bomb. Uh, probably my mom science. gave me my mom gave me one star. So. She gave uh, you life. Oh, whoa! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow. All right, thanks, Matt. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Bye. Yeah.